Hey, everybody, and welcome back to, well, welcome to this week's episode of Summer Movie Club. I, as always, am your host, Adam, who needs 20D batteries, uh, joined by my host, who's last on your dial, but first in your hearts, Zach. Hey, everybody, how you doing? How's it going, Zach? How are you? Good. Uh, since we just touched on the D batteries, real quick out of the gate, I looked up how much 20D batteries would cost. Oh, I, 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 did, I did, too. We'll get there. Don't okay. worry. Okay. <laughs> I did the exact same I thing. We, I wonder if we um, figured out the same number because it took me some. It's not as easy as it is to find out how much things cost now versus then as it is to find out how much things cost then versus now. Oh wait, you, you wait. So you figure out how much twenty D batteries cost then? Yeah. Oh, I only figured out how much twenty D batteries cost like it's, today. It's not as because usually you hear like, oh, he made. A dollar in 1846, and you're like, "Oh, how much would that be worth now?" And you find out it's like six billion dollars. Yeah, um, but it's not as easy to find. Meals is joining us temp- at the top of the hour, uh, top of the show. She'll be, she'll be gone eventually. Yeah. Good. Um, it's not as easy to find the price of something now and find out how much it would have cost in those times. Like how you know what I mean? Yeah. But I figured- in the in those times, the late eighties, well, we might have started from different numbers, so we'll see. No. Um, speaking of uh, needing twenty D batteries, Zach and I are covering the nineteen eighty nine Spike Lee joint. Do the right thing. Um, uh, on the hottest day of the year, on a street in Bedford Stuyvesant section of Brooklyn. Everyone's hating bigotry smolders and builds until it explodes into violence. I feel like um, you, I look out more often than not in terms of hosting. Like awkward shit that you have to pronounce. Uh, yeah, uh, this of course is continuing our month-long celebration of, of as Mealy's is, is talking, of uh, African-American directors, uh, filmmakers. Yes, um, uh, this movie was um, written and directed and produced by Spike Lee. And starring. Um, and starring, yeah. Um, I forgot to open... Oh, wait, I, what the hell am I talking about? I have Spike Lee's page open. Um, let me just scroll down ever so slightly. To, um, uh, sorry. Ooh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. My computer's doing something stupid. Um, Spike Lee, uh, I'm in 2014. I don't care about anything from right there at the moment. I care about stuff back then um i th- i believe um before do the right thing the two things that he was most well known for was she's got to have it and school days um, oh, before I, before do the right thing yeah um because in, in, the, in, the, yeah, in, in my mind you had before we're covering this movie no 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 in the um in the trailer that's the thing like from the director of, yeah She's got to have it in school days. Um, but uh, he directed Do the Right Thing. He did. He directed the uh, video for uh, Fight the Power by Public Enemy. I've um, never heard that song. Yeah, seriously. Nah, it's in there somewhere. Um, he directed Mo Better Blues, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, um, Brooklyn. Son of Sam. Summer of Sam. Son of Summer of Sam. I've, I forgot he, he, he directed. He, I'm just because I'm on his uh, letterbox page. 
to see what I have because mm. it I, I I was correct in my assumption. Uh, Do the right thing is one of only two Spike Lee movies that I've ever I've seen Summer of Sam. I don't know that I've seen all of it, so I I I, I haven't marked it off as having been seen by me. Yeah. Uh, I've seen bits of it, um, but I've only ever seen Do the Right Thing and Black Klansman. Yeah, uh, but he did do Old Boy, the uh, uh, what's his name, Josh Brolin remake of the Japanese. Oh, did yeah, he? Yeah, he's got a. Um, he's got, yeah, he also think, directed yeah, a lot of people like I've never gotten around to though. He directed uh, Inside Man with Clive. Yeah, so I just said. Um, no, you didn't say Inside I said he Man. Directed, he directed Inside Man, which a lot of people like, but I never got around. Oh, I, I didn't. Hear, I thought you were talking about Old Boy. A lot of people like Old Boy, but you haven't got. I, you know what? If you had, if I was just reminded now that there was a Josh Brolin, like nobody really talks about the American remake. Like, still, like if, if people talk about Old Boy now, they still talk about the. Is it J- Japanese or? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. I believe Japanese, but don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, he like Zach had mentioned a second ago. He directed, also directed most. Uh, uh, he did not. I would say not most recently. That movie came out in 2018. Um, he directed Black Klansman. Um, he's called The Five Bloods. About uh, I believe that's him, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah, The Five. Bloods, Bloods, yeah. Uh, that's getting a little bit of buzz. Uh, in terms of award season, which is coming up. I don't recognize this at all. What? Four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hunt. Oh, yeah, it is a Netflix movie. Mm -hmm. Might have to check that out. I just saw Um, somebody else was going to direct it, though, I saw. So I don't think it's necessarily, like, you know, as personal a movie as, uh, like, say, Do the Right Thing, where he's all over. Yeah. But I just, I, I, I feel like in watching... In looking at stuff for this movie, I saw something about somebody else that was going to direct the Five Bloods. Um, little fun uh, factoid I learned about Spike Lee by reading the trivia on IMDb. Uh, Spike Lee, I believe it said, was the first African-American to be nominated for the best original and best adapted screenplay um, Oscar. He was nominated for Best Original for Do the Right Thing mm-hmm. and was nominated for Best Adapted for Black Klansman. Black Klansman is a great movie. I really like that. That was up higher, high up on my list. Uh, I remember I remember seeing the trailer and like thinking, like, oh, it looks really good. And I just haven't gotten around. Right. There's so many things I haven't gotten right um, what's, what's the main? Like, like, oh God, I don't want to butcher his name. Uh, Don't forget yes. it. Yeah, Topher Grace cast <laughs> as uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who uh, mm-hmm. was in Black uh, uh, Black Klansman, is in um, the new Judas and the Black Messiah, which I think I'm going to be watching. Which tomorrow. that was that, that was actually going to be my what are you watching? But um, I didn't get it. I, I I I got caught up in my my previously what do you what have you been watching? Um, and I haven't. I I almost didn't even. I literally finished this movie. Two hours ago, yeah. So I, um, I, my, oh, it's, 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 I'm, I would have watched it Friday night had it not been, uh, my wife wants to, it's one of the, the award movies this year that my wife, uh, has interest in seeing. So I held off 
Um, before uh, we forget, uh, the cast includes uh, Danny Aiello, Ossie Davis, Ruby D. Nominated for the role, by the way. He was, yeah. Um, apparently, yeah, I was reading that uh, originally um, uh, Spike Lee wanted De Niro yeah. to play the Sal role, but he turned it down because he didn't want to keep playing the same Thoughts. role. A uh, better movie or same movie with De Niro? Same, same actor. Um, so he's still playing off of uh, uh, John Turturro and. Uh, I would probably say I would probably say possibly same. Yeah, I mean, you can't get maybe maybe a little different, but like probably same. I think I don't know. I I I believe like looking at Danny Aiello, I believe Danny Aiello runs a pizza place Do in New York. I think he plays. A pizza shop owner equivalent of a Brooklyn's Tale. Is that the name of the movie? Bronx Tale. <laughs> Different Brooklyn yeah. Tale. A Bronx Tale. Like that character. Because I don't know. Because we'll get into we'll get into yeah. uh, who I guess Sal really is. Mm. But um, yeah, do you think he plays just a variation on the the bus driver? Hardworking Brogsdale character, or do you think it's probably? Yeah, I think so. Could, I'm sorry. Continue with the your, your guess list. Um, I stopped off at Ruby D. Um, I didn't know if, another uh, little factoid. I learned Ossie Davis, who plays Demare, and Ruby D, who plays Mother's sister, or were actually married in real life. Sweet. Um, they were married in real life, and they um, often performed together until um, Ossie Davis passed away. Um, we have Richard Edson, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, we have Spike Lee, as mentioned. Um, Bill Nunn, or Noon. I'm assuming it's Nunn. Noon? Uh, he he, uh, yeah. he allows either pronunciation. Yeah. Um, John Totoro, Paul Benjamin, uh, Frankie Fajon. Robin Harris, Joy Lee. Adam, where do we know Robin Harris from? I don't Maybe know. Where. Kids. Oh yeah, I was actually <laughs> the entire time. I'm like, why does he Sweet Dick Willie sound so but familiar? I think it is the biggest um, surprise. Looking back on this cast, is bugging out. Yeah, I um, I actually recently. Um, within the past year, not um, not calendar year, uh, three in the past three hundred sixty five days, I feel like I have messaged Zach and be like, "Did you realize that Gus isn't yeah. do the right thing?" And he's like, "Yeah." He he's like he's like Gus yeah, Fring and uh, what was his name in Mandalorian? Um, Cal Drogo. Um, it's Moff Tonkin. Gideon? No, not Moff Tonkin. Moff Gideon, yeah. Tonkin's another guy, right? Yeah, my, my Grand Moff Tarkin yeah. is um Tonka. the 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 guy from uh Tonka. Grand Moff Tonka truck. Um Tarkin is the guy from the original. Oh, I don't know why what did you what did you call him before? Uh uh something reminded me of a joke I saw on Twitter where someone said uh Dr. Acula was the, the doctor, Dracula was the monster. <laughs> that's pretty good um, re- let me just really quick finish up we have uh, Miguel San- Sandol- Sandoval excuse me uh, Rick Aiello who is uh, Dana Aiello's son 
John Savage, Samuel Jackson, and Rosie Perez. Say it again. Uh, I believe he's the the cop who uh, spoiler chokes out um, who chokes uh, Radio Raheem to death. Imagine your dad. Imagine your dad's like, "Hey, Sonny, I got you a part of my movie." And he goes, "Oh, thanks, Dad. What am I gonna do?" And he goes, "Well, I play a pizza shop owner." It's like, "Oh, am I gonna play uh, one of your sons?" No, you're gonna play the police officer that murders a black man, which starts a riot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna incite a riot by murdering a black man. <laughs> yeah, it's it, he, he's probably like, Fuck, all right, <laughs> gotta, gotta get um, paid, gotta get paid, man. Um, so the movie start. the movie is a has a two hour long run, like on, almost on the dot. Uh, the, yeah, uh, the first right. hour and 45 minutes of that two hours is uh, <laughs> Rosie Perez dancing to. Uh, to the power. Um, I said I, I have in my notes because um, they intro. She gets an introducing Rosie Perez credit, which makes mm-hmm. me believe this is her first movie. Imagine you show up to your first movie. The director tells you, um, "Not only do I want you to be in this movie, but I want you to do a uh, solo dance for five minutes over the opening credits." Yeah. Um, I read some some factoids online. Uh, apparently, it took eight hours to film that opening credit mm-hmm. sequence. Um, and apparently, it was inspired by the opening of Bye Bye Birdie. Oh. Um, which is interesting. The whole movie um, as a whole, because I, I haven't seen this movie in a while. Um, yeah, it's been a little while. I've seen bits and pieces over the course of time. But uh, the first full seven minutes of this movie like from the time like the the movie goes from zero colon zero zero up until like seven minutes is nothing but dancing and DJing like because it goes it it goes right from um from Rosie Perez to Samuel Jackson and I never realized um I never even even thought about it like it never seemed strange to me until I realized that there's a line that Samuel, uh, Samuel Jackson gives talking about being like being on air for 12 hours at a time. It never uh, even occurred to me that it would be strange for this one DJ to be on the air throughout the course of the whole movie, even though the whole of course the whole movie yeah. literally goes from like, like the morning till night. Um, yeah. But uh, I at least respect that, like, uh, they threw in a line there to at least make it make sense in case you question it. Yeah. Um, a lot of, like, my first couple role, uh, roles, first couple um, notes are just, like, every time, like, a character is introduced, um, I made note of it just because, like, so, like, I, I, my, uh, my note about Samuel Jackson just says Samuel motherfucking Jackson motherfucker. <laughs> um, and then uh, he has the uh, the line, that's the truth, Ruth. And then he, um, throughout the course of the movie, he um, uh, compounds that into that's the double truth, Ruth. And I believe he ends it with that's the triple truth. That's the double um, truth, double Ruth. Yeah. Um, can you imagine, like, just having a radio station on your block? Mm-hmm. I like like how I like rad would that be? Like, I, would, I would definitely try to get on that radio I like the touch of him DJing at the window. 
That is yeah. nice too. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool actually, because um, he and he um you in throughout the course of the movie he like his commentary like he he's just kind of like his um his banter in between songs is like him commenting on like what's happening. Like at one point he he makes reference to the fact that Mookie is mm-hmm. just walking past him. <laughs> um, yeah, in every in between his uh, sixty two playings of Fight the Path. No, um, no one watches. Like it's it's like the radio is the source of entertainment in this neighborhood. It seems like no, no like. Um, I thought it really occurred to me later on uh, when Jade is sitting in front of the fan and Mookie comes home to shower. Mm-hmm. Um, no one watches TV. There's no television. The 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 way I took it was that um, it's it's portrayed as a as a not a a super. They, think rich they don't even have TVs. I think I think like that's I think that's I what they're know, getting at is that like, like bugging out has hundred dollar Jordans. You tell me he doesn't have like some cheap black and white TV in his house. Maybe he prioritizes. Maybe he wants Jordans mm. over a TV. I don't know. I I I, I that I didn't feel that way at any point that they were because I mean even in like portrayals of like poor. Like even even poor neighbors, because like when it comes down to it, this neighborhood doesn't seem that poor. I mean, it, yeah. it seems like not like based on just how the socioeconomical uh, aspects of of society work. It's not the most to do like affluent neighborhood in New York, but I, I never got the impression yeah. that it's like people are are suffering so much. They're making, they're they're living yeah. like even Mookie, who has a son he's supposed to be supporting, and basically lives in his sister's apartment. Um, has money for like Jordan jerseys and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't ever wear. A he does. Jersey. He wakes up in a Jordan jersey. The first season. Yeah, he wears. Oh, does he? He's wearing a Jordan jersey. Then he changes so into uh, what's it called? What's he? Cha- what's he wear for most of it? Uh, he, for the majority of the movie, he's wearing a um, uh, Robinson. Yeah, he, when, he, when he wakes up and he's strange, like it's a straight. Right, are, are we about to? Are we close enough to where he wakes Jade up to talk about that? Uh, uh, I feel it's like, weird yeah. how like right on top of his own sister he is. Right, like yeah. I had I had to be reminded that he his love interest in this movie is Rosie Perez and not this woman. Um, just a strange, strange uh, artistic choice. I thought Uh, he's wearing a Jordan jersey when he wakes up. Well, like in the very first introduction of the character, then when he leaves the house to go to work, he's wearing the the Robinson jersey. Um, in my next uh, note about a character introduction, I uh, we have the introduction of Mm -hmm. Smiley. Um, uh, and then I have right after that is the introduction of Mookie. Um, now I have a question about Mookie's name. Mook is a slang term for an Italian American. Uh, I don't think it's per, per urban dictionary. Slang, isn't it? 
Well, I think so. Yeah. Um, we actually have the Urban Dictionary page up, um, and it says "mook," Italian American short for "maluk" or "motherfucker." Um, <laughs> but um, do you think he's called Mookie because he works at no, Sal's? No, because I don't get the impression that he's worked at Sal's for terribly long. Jade makes mention later that he can't. He like he can't keep jobs. He's. I, I get the impression he's only been at Sal's for. At most, a couple months. Mm. See, I think longer than that because, and later on in the movie, Daniello says um, when he's talking about changing the name to uh, Saul's and Saul and Sons famous pizza but, pizzeria. I, but at the same time, I know um, what you're about to say. He mentions he, that he, he thinks of Mookie as a son, but yeah, uh, keep in mind he mentions several times Sal does about how these children in this neighborhood grew up on his food, so he has this connection to them. And Mookie is, and he has a, a very strong connection to Jade. So mm-hmm. it's I always thought of it as Mookie's been working there for a short amount of time, but there's always been this in the neighborhood relationship between Sal's Pizzeria and Jade and Mookie. Like they're just like. Like no, I I I feel like it's it's mentioned by Jade that he he can't keep a job and then like he keeps getting having the fire. Well, she says she says this is the only job he's ever been been able to hold down for more than a month. So it's not been um, much more than a month. I see. I I think the opposite. Agree to disagree. Um. Uh. Every time I'm I'm, I got to get it out of the way because every time I'm going to say his name. Um, I'm going to think of the Family Guy bit. Um, one of my favorite Family Guy bits of all time is the time where uh, Peter refers to his penis as Danny Aiello. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was, like, I was looking I was, like, as, as I was listening to you, I was looking at um, uh, trying to Google how long Mookie is working sales. Um, my, like, at one point, uh, Peter and Lois are like laying in bed and Peter's like holding the blanket up and looking down at his penis. Going, he's like, Lois, you're embarrassing me in front of Danny Aiella. <laughs> Such a strange fucking gag. Um, uh, I have a note that the, the, the Dodgers jersey that he wears for the majority of the mm-hmm. movie is a pretty sweet jersey. I um, like the Sal's Pizzeria shirt that he wears. I have, a, I have a note later on, I think, saying that I really like it. And when I'm done, when we're done recording, I'm there. You can go online and find like Mighty Ducks jerseys and like fucking. I I have a shirt that I have a Los Pollos Hermanos shirt uh, from Breaking Bad. Like you can find all kinds of wacky pop culture reference shirts. You can buy the fucking Legends of the Hidden Temple shirts. I'm gonna try to. I want to see if I can find that fucking Sal's Pizzeria fifty dollars. Mookie wears. Yeah. Did you just look it up? Fifty bucks? It's not bad. Is it like the legit? Is oh, it like a T-shirt? Is it like the you can get thing? you can get a, a T-shirt oh, sells awesome. famous pizzeria for like less, but the legit like collared pizza pizza delivery boy shirt. Does it say Mookie on the chest too? Uh, hold on, let me jump to it. It does. See, that's another thing that leads me to believe that he's been working there for a while because he has an embroidered fucking shirt. <laughs> I mean, I'm, now that I think about it, I'm starting to come around a little bit. He's been around there a little bit longer, but I can't imagine he's been there like crazy. Because how long? How old? 
I base it on the fact that it seems like he's had trouble keeping jobs to support Hector. And how old mm-hmm. do we think Hector is? Like two? I say he's still in diapers. So I'm going to say like two, so, three. So he's been able pops. to hold the job longer than a month. So he's been there at least a month. And I, I always got the impression that he's ha- he had trouble keeping jobs to support his son. So, which means yeah. that within the last two years, he's had trouble keeping jobs. So, let's say he's been at Sal's maybe a year. I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll give that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we'll go with that. Um, I was just thinking. Uh, one of the notes I had was like, while I'm watching, like this movie is supposed to take place on, like it, I think it said in the 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 description that I read. On the mm. hottest day of the year. Can you imagine fucking working on the hottest day of the year next to a fucking pizza oven? Yeah. Pizza ovens are hot as shit, dude. Like, they put a pizza in, like, raw, and it comes out, like, perfectly cooked in, like, fucking two Let minutes me ask you a question um, about Sal's Pizzeria that is kind of like a, like, a, there's no real like set place where it needs to be in the movie. Um, so the introduction of mm. Sal's Pizzeria is as good as any. Is Sal's Pizza, do you think, good pizza or the only pizza? Um, I mean, there's those that say there's no bad pizza. Yeah, it's like what do they? It's like they say sex is like pizza. All good, like there's not there's no such bad thing as like, like bad is pizza it, or something like that. Community I think, so I think it's a combination that type of like he's the only he makes note that he's like the only pizza place right. in the in so the, like in the neighborhood. It could be is it just like fine pizza and it's just like like you could go in and get a, a dollar fifty slice so bugging outs in there three times a day. Or is it like yeah. good pizza and you're like, yo, we gotta go down to South and get some of that pizza? I think it's I think it's um I think it's more of a yeah. convenience thing. Like a more like you like you said, like he um Sal makes note like um when John Totoro is like, like we should sell this place and open up a um open up a place in our neighborhood and he says is like, you know, there's a bunch of pizza places in our neighborhood, there are none in this one. So yeah, I think it's that I mean I'm sure it's not like the high quality of his pizza, he might, might think he had a competing chance. Yeah, I see. I don't think it's like the I don't think it's like the end all be all of pizza, but I think it's probably just like generic pizza place uh, pizza. But I think I think it's the only the only pizza the only pizza place in the air in the neighborhood. I feel like Sal's Pizza does slices in a different way than I've ever seen a pizza place do slices. I feel like when people come in and order a slice, he's taking raw slices. And putting them in the oven to bake to into pizza. Where every time it look, where every time I've ever like seen that, a pizza yeah. place that gives that, that you serve slices, you cook pizzas, you slice it up into slices. Excuse me, you put it on a, a, a tray, and when people come in with your slices, you throw it back in the oven to heat it up back up. It, it, it yeah. became even more. Um, apparent that that's how he does it at the end. When 
the four, like the Martin Lawrence and his crew, are going to come in and goes, all right, oh, tell them yeah. to come in. Uh, four slices and that's it. And I was like, does he have to make a whole pizza? Or is he just, like, how is he just making four slices? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Because um, when, who does he, oh, is it Radio Raheem that he makes uh, two slices for? Yeah, two slices. Uh, two slices. Like, if, like if I'm remembering the scene correctly, when he finally puts the pizza in the oven, it seems just like dough pizza. Like he's just throwing. Yeah, it does. It does. Which, seem, when it comes it down to like it, that, which is, actually it just, makes it more. Yeah, like it's made it's to better. order. Yeah. None of the pizza crust that he's like pizza I, dough that he's spreading out. No, at no point does it ever seem like he's made a large enough pizza. Anytime you see him, because any like I'd say like five times out of ten that you see him working in the pizza place, he's spreading dough. He's like pushing dough out. Never does he ever get yeah. a large enough pizza that it seems like it should be a pizza. So maybe he is just making tiny little pizza, like four sliced pizzas, like all day. Yeah, like every time he makes a pizza, it yeah. looks like a like, personal pizza. You, nev- you never see him do the <laughs> hand toss, like the toss up in the air thing to make a big dough. It's o- he's always pressing out a small, yeah. like, like twelve inch circle. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, we're introduced to uh, the character of Demare, uh, Demare, um, with oh, and he's wearing like a- what. The, you the a problem almost out of the gate. He gets a little bit of time before oh. I got a problem with him. But, he, but uh, get, get with your with your thoughts on. Oh, I was just I was just saying the fact that like he's walking around on like the we'll hottest suit. day of the fucking year, wearing wearing Demare. a fucking suit. Like fuck that, dude. Like so he comes by and um, true. It's been long enough since I've seen this movie that I like in my mind Demare was just like the like the. Forgot the whole like alcoholic bum kind of part of him. I thought he was just like this kind of like yeah sage kind of like basically the, the crazy. I, I, crazy I, old I, guy I always thought of him as just basically the male equivalent of mother sister. I never realized that he yeah. no he's he's a fucking he's a drunk bum that like um but he yeah. he gets he comes he swoops out front of the, the the pizza shop he gets a dollar he goes to the Korean store. First of all, shitting on my beer choice. My beer of choice. Hardcore. I um, continue because I, I want to talk about And then the I noticed a, uh, a brewery that I'm a fan of. I didn't realize was A, old enough to be in this movie. And then B, big enough to be in this movie. A nice little uh, Brooklyn brewery. Six pack sitting right there in the front of the cooler. Yeah, evidently I didn't even notice that, started really? in '88, so it was a year old when. Um, I I would say I've never. Had I, en- I enjoyed Brooklyn. One of my one uh, when I first yeah. started branching out outside of Miller Lights into actual beers, um, Brooklyn Brewery were some of the first. Uh, 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 was one of the first breweries that I, I latched onto that in. Uh, what's the Hawaiian one? Kona, uh, Brooklyn Kona. and Kona were were two of the first breweries that I uh, 
I enjoyed and, and sought out other beers from the brewery after trying. Like I think I first one I tried, I'm sure I tried yeah. Brooklyn Pilsner. And, um, yeah, and Brooklyn Brooklyn's one of the ones where whenever I go and like make a custom six pack, when I see a Brooklyn, I I automatically make sure if I I we I think we mentioned before Zach and I both use Untapped, um, which logs um you know every beer that without you drink. your consent. Um, it's like you like put a chip your in your wrist when you drink a beer. It goes to, and they're like, "This is Brooklyn," and then it, it, it's Brooklyn Lager. Um, yeah, so you 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 check in every beer that you drink. So every time I see a Brooklyn that I don't recognize, I always make sure that I haven't had it before um, and, and check it out because, um, like I said, I haven't had a bad beer from Brooklyn. Um, a, a brewery that I um, uh, kind of latched onto was um, uh, mm-hmm. called it's called River Horse. Um, Zach and I are from the Philadelphia area. River Horse is in Ewing, New Jersey, which is like maybe a half hour drive outside of Philadelphia. Um, I haven't had a bad beer for I haven't had a bad beer from River Horse as well. Um, I was really upset because. Um, Every year, my for uh, for a while, my wife and I every year would bring our kids to Disney on Ice, um, and usually we would go to, you know, where you know we grew up in Philadelphia. We would go to the the whatever bank owns the center um, at the uh, currently it's the Wells Fargo Center, um, but the I forget what what the issue was. Um, like for, for some reason, we couldn't get tickets to the Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo Center. Disney on Ice, but we got tickets to it was then called the Sun Bank Arena. I don't know what the hell it's called now, mm. but it's in Trenton, New Jersey. And River Horse has a like designated like like a like a storefront basically in um uh in the Sun Bank the former <laughs> artist formerly known as the Sun Bank Simple Arena. Now. So I was like, oh shit, River Horse. I fucking I fucking love River Horse. But you know it was Disney on ice, so like none of the yeah, fucking beer. God damn it! You need to know, son of a bitch, that we need. <laughs> yeah, like dads, not just dads, all parents. You need a fucking drink sometimes with Disney on ice. Like you can only, you you can only see Frozen on ice so many fucking times. Like Disney, Disney on ice used to be, like you know all the characters living in harmony. Now it's like Frozen. Um, but yeah, we did. Uh, I, I was just laughing um, to myself while while you so, were telling uh, your 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 story. I was looking at my check ins for Brooklyn beers, and the first one is Brooklyn Brown Ale. Mm-hmm. So I saw that I had a uh, I gave it a three point out of five. Um, but which is saying a lot because I hate brown ales. So I check. I, I looked at oh, my check in to see what my uh, my description was. And the picture I took is just, it's the bottle next to like just a picture of my wife's butt. Like she's like, she's standing at the, <laughs> she's standing at like a, she's standing at like a dresser or I something, think... looking at something. And I just took a picture of the bottle next to her butt, like without her permission or her, <laughs> her, her being Solid. on board with any of it. Solid. Um, I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, the last time I had Brooklyn Brown Ale, uh, I was eating it. I was I was drinking it while enjoying a delicious, delicious uh, medium mm. venison steak. 
and it was fucking uh, a winning combination. Um, I have, yeah, I think, um, I think I need to get some. Uh, I need to find, we need to find like one of those deli, not deli, yeah, not deli, butcher. We need to find one of those butchers that have like, um, like cool. There's a butcher around the corner from me that I have yet to go to, even though one of my greatest desires in life is to have a butcher. Um, it's just, yeah, I would have been there the day after we moved in if it wasn't for the whole pandemic stuff. Um, yeah. That people rave about. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they have at least probably not like a huge section of exotic meats, but I wouldn't be surprised if I go in this place and they got like, oh, you want some venison? We got we got a couple of venison steaks or something. Yeah. Um, I uh, I normally don't make notes um, when watching the movie about like uh, <laughs> about like filmmaking. Um, usually it's just like dick jokes. Um, but I noticed like, uh, a deliberate, um, a deliberate technique used, uh, throughout the movie. There is a lot of severe angles. Um, like you have a lot of like, you know, just like straightforward, um, uh, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. person talking to the camera, um, or p- per the camera at you know like eye level with everybody, um, but like I feel like in the in the introduction of Smiley, in um, the introduction of a couple characters um, during Radio Rahim's like love hate thing, um, like the a- the camera angles are very extreme. Like it's always like the mm-hmm. camera's on the ground looking up, or the camera's like up high looking down, or like it's kind of like cockeyed and um, it kind of um, it, it, I don't know. I don't I like watching them. Like it kind of gives it like a, it kind of, it kind of gives it like a, like a, it sets it aside from like other movies, you know, like I'm sure like uh, everything else that was nominated for an Oscar this, that year, the year that this was nominated for uh, best original screenplay. Cause it was not, Oh, I have a fun fact about that. I'll tell that story in a second. Um, I'm sure everything else that was nominated for for best original screenplay, it didn't have that. It was very straightforward, like eye level um, camera work, not like, you know, it's kind of like in your face, like edgy type shit. Um, The year that this was nominated for best original screenplay, it was not nominated for Mm -hmm. best picture. It was not a Golden Globe for best Um, drama. And apparently. it was used. It was not huh? for best drama for Golden Globe, but not an Academy Award. Uh, okay. Um, apparently, Kim Basinger uh, mm-hmm. was the presenter for Best Picture at the Oscars that year, and she said she went off script and said, um, "We have five movies that are nominated for like something along the lines of, like we have five movies that are nominated for for Best Picture because they they tell the truth." But there's one movie that was left out because it's basically like it's it. She was basically saying like it the um, the Academy didn't recognize do the right thing for Best Picture because um, the truth that it shows is an unpleasant um, one. I'm, I'm, I have an article up in front of me about the four cinematography techniques used for do the right thing. The 
the uh, specifically the introduction of Smiley and radio, the the Radio Rahim. Um, yeah, uh, they're shown from love, love camera hate angles, hate. which are generally used to show uh, power um, because mm-hmm. they seem bigger. Um, and then there's high camera yeah. shots, which are uh, used notably in the scene where the uh, uh, the neighborhood is confronting Sal outside of the restaurant after Raheem, Radio Raheem has been killed. And yeah. that's used to show the uh, uh, powerlessness and insecurity of the characters, in this case, Sal. Um, yeah. Uh, there's also... Uh, Dutch angles, which are a type of camera shot where it's, uh, it's tilted to one side. Uh, that's used throughout to convey mm-hmm. uh, tension and a skewed reality. And then there's zooms, uh, which uh, uh, are used to... Uh, hold on, bring... The camera in that case represents the audience which demonstrate how the characters are directly addressing mm. us. So in the scene where they're going through the racial epithets, they use a zoom, a zoom to, because the, uh, you're being yeah. directly addressed as an audience member by the, by the character. So those are the, the, and this yeah. is from Spike yeah. Lee's masterclass. If you don't know, do you know what masterclasses are? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they're like yeah. paid, <laughs> paid for, um, uh, TED Talks, basically. Uh, so yeah, those are the four different yeah. types of camera um, shots that he one used of... for various purposes throughout the movie. I don't know why it it, it always um, it always strikes me, um, but one of my favorite shots in the movie is um, the scene where I believe it's. I believe it's after he changes into the Saul's shirt. Um, Yeah, I believe it's post-shower, Mookie. He... Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I I feel like it's when he goes and delivers the pizza to Rosie Perez. Um, But it's like the top-down view of the little Mm -hmm. girl chalk drawing on the street. And Spike Lee walks across her drawing. I don't know why, but that that shot I've always I've always really liked the way that shot looked. Um, and there's another shot that I make reference to when we're first introduced to um, Slick uh, Sweet 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 Dick Willie and Coconut. The fuck's his name? Coconut Craig, Coconut Jim, Coconut or whatever the fuck his name. The three the three guys who sit under Coconut Sid. Yeah, the 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 three guys who sit underneath the umbrella. Um, when we're introduced to them, we get like this wide angle shot and it's them, um, up, uh, them up against this gigantic, like bright red brick wall. And I was, I, I think I made note of it. I'm like, man, that's a really like visually, uh, it's in, like, it's in the scene that, uh, shot to me for some reason, uh, Robin Harris has a, one of the few lines that I specifically, uh, uh, made note of in reference to uh ML is talking about uh uh how black the black people should own the, the businesses in the neighborhood and how he's gonna do something about it when he gets some money <laughs> and 
Robin Harris tells him that he he's uh, basically yeah. telling him he's so poor that he's thirty cents away from having a quarter, <laughs> which I thought was a beautiful <laughs> line. Um, apparently, every basically like everything involving like those scenes of like just those three dudes talking. Apparently, they, about, and they, I, just, they uh, just it was all improvised. How long, what are we? Thirty-one years? No, forty. No, thirty. Thirty-one years ago. Now at this point. 32 almost. Uh, 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 mentioning what, what it becomes global warming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he was ahead of the times. Um, I, uh, I have a, I saw, I said earlier, I wanted to talk about beer, um, not just brewery, local breweries that I enjoy. Um, we have the point of um, we have the part where the mayor is in the Korean grocery store and he's yelling at them because they don't have Miller High Life. Um, so he's he's trying to drink Miller High Life the whole time. Every basically like every other person in the movie is mm-hmm. drinking Miller Light or MGD. Um, is there's I, a lot of is, Miller? Is there's also a lot of Pepsi. Miller? Um, it does seem very. Yeah. It, it, it does seem a little strangely considering the 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 the, the mood and the uh, tone of the movie. There does seem to be a lot of plot product placement. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like a movie. Um, apparently, the movie was originally supposed. To, who who put this movie out? Um, not Paramount. I don't. I think it was Paramount. Um, apparently, like the uh, the movie was apparently turned down by Paramount um, because of the tone and um, like the message. Um, so, like, yeah, like I can't imagine, like, you know, like you want, like, like you take fucking, like, you want, you take Transformers, you take a fucking big. Michael Bay CGI explosions and fucking Megan Fox movie and like people you know like mm-hmm. people want their products in that shit people you know Chevy probably paid a lot of money for Bumblebee to be the brand new fucking Camaro and um uh, you know like they but like I can't imagine like it seems like it's this seems like the type of movie where um companies would like distance themselves from it not just um that j- just because like they don't want to be, um, they don't want to get caught up in any controversy. I, I like, did like to think that when I saw it, that he unprompted threw that Brooklyn Brewery six pack in there as like a, like this is like a mm. you know, Brooklyn made. Um, but yeah, there does seem to be yeah some, and I don't know because maybe there was some. Maybe there was some association. At the, this was like I was two years old. This when this movie came out, you were you weren't even born. So maybe like we wouldn't have been aware of. Not maybe born. there was some association between the Miller brand and the black communities of like uh, at that time. That like, um, so True. maybe uh, it's just something like culturally that we've moved on from that we're not aware of. Um, no. Nah. Um, I have a note. Um, I feel like, I can't remember where I heard it, 
and I feel like maybe you sent it to me. Maybe, like, maybe it was a tweet that you sent me. Um, but it was a joke saying something along the lines of like Rosie Perez walked in this movie, so Mercy no, Tomei could run in my the, cousin Vinny. The... Was that on... didn't I say that on the show about somebody a couple weeks ago? Oh, and it's, it's, I don't it know. Isn't... That's the thing. I've heard it before. Didn't I say and it made... that um, any pots walked in Go- Ghostbusters two in Ghostbusters. Oh, po- possibly. Yeah. I'm looking at my notes so. right now. Yeah, I feel like she's she's very yeah. I think they're, they're very yeah, similar. Yeah, almost like she's very like what a fucking nightmare. What a fucking nightmare. Yeah, they're. Any parts of Ghostbusters walk so Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny could fly. <laughs> That's what I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have uh, the the notes I talked about before. Were what a fucking nightmare! So how dare I have the you notes I talked about before. For my um, jokes so Relooking that shit. <laughs> I couldn't remember. But like. Me, the nine, almost like I would say, like seventy percent of the things we Which text each other are funny tweets that we see we follow each on other the chat. <laughs> we could very easily just retweet them to each other on Twitter, middle man. Well, that's the thing. That's that's the thing. We don't ever send on the Twitter. I, see, I don't you ever go on, though, the, tw- on, on the Twitter. Twitter. On the Twitter, I, yeah, I don't really ever go on it. Um, I go on it when Zach posts the thing um, about the episode so I can see what he posted, but to see what funny thing he wrote. Um, but all the tweets that I send Zach are tweets that I see on the chive or like like someone like post them on Instagram or something like that. Um, every week on the chive, they have the they have the um, the uh, the the group. I, the, I don't know the category of. Um, the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen, dot, 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 this week. Um, and it's just a bunch of, like, funny tweets that people have posted over the course of the week. So I feel like 70% of the, the me and Zach's text conversations Speaking are of, tweets that we saw. the show's Twitter, on did you see the, Not on, the Michael B. Jordan commercial that I tweeted? There was a Michael B. Jordan Super Bowl commercial. Wow. So literally the day after we recorded, we were talking about how hot his body is. And the gist, it's a Amazon, uh, uh, Amazon's Alexa, right? It's an Amazon Alexa commercial. Yeah. Where uh, they they make the, like, it's like in a board meeting, kind of, or like a, like a creative meeting, and they have the Alexa in front of them. Mm. They're like, there's no better vessel that we could have put this technology into, like looking at the Alexa. And then the woman, like, as the woman's saying this, she's, like, looking out the window and a bus goes by with Michael B. Jordan on the side of it. But she, she fantasizes about the Alexa, <laughs> like, in Michael B. Jordan. And, like, she's, like, she's, at one point, she's sitting in the tub, and she's, like, Alexa, read me my, my, my book. And then, like, it, like, pans over, and Michael B. Jordan, fully clothed, is sitting in the tub with her. Like and starts reading a book to her, and her husband's outside. Is like, get out that tub. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, at uh, one point, she he, like he takes his shirt That's off for no fun. reason. Like, like something she tells the Alexa to do, he starts doing it, but like just starts taking off his shirt while he's doing it. Um. So. Uh, That's fucking funny. Yeah. Literally, I don't know. I feel like there was some delay in the episode getting posted last week because I don't remember. Like, I must, it must have been late at night that I tweeted. 
Because I, first off, could not remember that I did tweet. I was like fairly confident I tweeted. Could not remember that I did the YouTube links that I did. Well, I think we, if I'm not mistaken, we recorded on... I think we recorded on Saturday. I didn't post it. I don't think I posted it until Sunday or Monday morning. Yeah. And then I actually had to take it down and edit it again because I accidentally left Zach P in the podcast. So if anyone, if anybody, if anybody heard Zach P, we uh, we apologize. It'll probably happen. Yeah, back to the. Yeah, um, we enter. I just have the note enter Gus. Um, yeah, it blew me away that um, um, when I found when I realized that because like I had seen this, I've seen this movie before like, a bunch of times. Um, even but like it just didn't dawn. Like I mean, I let me let me let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it. I saw this movie. I've seen this movie a bunch of times pre watching Breaking Bad. I think that's what it is. I haven't watched this. Since I've seen, since I started watching Breaking Bad, and I started watching Breaking Bad right before the last season, uh, like the part two of the last season, um, aired. So it's been a while since I've seen this movie, um, and I just, I, 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 you know, I never paid it much mind and never thought of it that Gus even, from even fucking when you Breaking look Bad at a is picture of um, now versus then. I think it's the hair in this movie specifically. I can mm-hmm. even like equate the two faces. Yeah. Yeah. Um I uh I I, I love I, every I've heard him I, I think he says it like multiple times in the movie, but I like mm-hmm. that he says like that we spend much money in this house. I was like, I'm gonna start I, saying it, that. Like, uh, fucking, fucking out is a good example of how we we didn't experience this we we weren't inner city we were like northeast philly is as close to suburbs basically as you can get while still being in within philadelphia limits actually if i'm not i'm not mistaken we um we talked about this in the the first episode um whenever i say i'm from philadelphia i throw in the caveat of northeast philadelphia i don't I don't ever say it's I'm like from the Philadelphia. Just like the sheer amount of times that Mookie just runs into bugging out, walking on the street. Like I didn't ever yeah. walk on the street like once a day. <laughs> yeah, like unless you were t- unless we were taking the yeah, dogs for like, a walk, the fact like, that or like, like you're walking just, to you're just milling about the neighborhood like, in a way that like I just I have no connection to it. I have no like. Um, I almost, I almost, uh, uh, feel like, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, uh, what's, what's, what's the, what, what would you say anti-nostalgic? Like you, something you wish that you had in your youth. Uh, yes, nostalgic. <laughs> something like, but like. I I, I, I wish I had that. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. like nostalgic. Like I kind of wish I had more of a community. Like they like everybody knows everybody. Everybody. 
Yeah. Everybody has nicknames and everybody knows the nicknames. Like there's an old there's an old I'm assuming uh, yeah. homeless man that everyone well, refers to as the mayor. Because he wakes up in the bed <laughs> in the first scene. He's the first character that everyone would meet. He, he w- does he wake up? Oh, he does wake up in a bed. That's right. I thought you were talking no, about he the wakes up in like, He wakes up in Mother's Sister's house in that part. Um, that's right. In the beginning of the movie, he does wake up in his own bed. Um, I, uh, I have a note uh, about I like the idea that like people get pizza delivered from Sal's when like yeah, Mookie's like, no walking to deliver the other. pizza. But um, I, as a, I can tell you, when I was yeah. in college, I always um, felt bad. I used to. We lived three blocks and like not literally like on the same street from the pizza place. Like, yeah, the pizza place in in, in the college town. And we would have it delivered. But we always, like, would try to do, like, tip well. And because uh, they would they would deliver uh, not, not paraphernalia, legal uh, paraphernalia for illegal activities. I'm not going into... Would they? Chris's. You're talking about are you talking about Chris's or Ringtown? Chris's uh, what would they what would they Cigars. Deliver? Yeah, if you ask. Really? We were we were me and a guy me and um uh follower of the podcast, Matt Dalton, were talking about this at work the other day. Um they're current in uh currently in in the realm of um, you know, ordering shit through apps on your phone and having it delivered to your house. Um, the two big ones, at least in the mm-hmm. Philadelphia area, are GoPuff and Drizzly. You can right. both of Not those services area. will well, deliver Drizzly alcohol to your house. A times um, yeah. Um, last year, last year when we went on family vacation down to Ocean City, New Jersey. Um, I put in a like we were we we all got down the shore, we all were unpacking, and I Ocean City, New Jersey is a dry county, um. So to go get alcohol, you have to cross the bridge into a different county, and you know when we're just getting there and we're unpacking and we're trying to figure out like what's going on for the rest of the day, it's a pain in the ass to have to take like a 10, 15 minute drive to go pick up. How much is the charge though? Yes. So it wasn't terrible. Um, I got like, I, so I ordered, if I remember correctly, I ordered like two, two cases of beer, a couple bottles of wine and a bottle of, no, I ordered two cases of beer in a case of, um, a case of white claws a like two bottles of wine and a bottle of vodka and i think all in all with tip it came out to like 150 bucks white claw is super expensive 160 maybe it's it's borderline criminal how much white claw yeah. costs it wasn't it wasn't yeah it wasn't it, let's put it this way it wasn't so high that i was like oh i'm never doing this again cuz we got alcohol delivered later in the week um but um 
I, we were thinking, we were talking about what I was getting at was me and the guy, Matt, were talking about how um, we, he was asking me if GoPuff will deliver, if you could order cigarettes through GoPuff. Um, and I was like, I don't think you can, but I know through GoPuff you could order, um, I think you could order like vape accessories. Like you could order vape stuff, and um, you can order a fucking hookah. Yeah, in college, off it was puff. not a uncommon um, phrase to say. Let me get a like large pizza and a green and a pack of green games. I my games. Uh, I, I, I had CBS, no there was this one. I there wasn't was the one. Uh, yeah. Was a, a, I wasn't the one company, that was making them. There's a company that makes blunts. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it was. Uh, I think it was called White Owl. There's this one guy who I used to work at CVS, and this one guy every time he came in, he got like whatever he got off the shelves, but he always bought a pack of Peach White Owls. So it was like you like. You see customers and you kind of like you get their like you remember their order for what they um, like, what kind of cigarettes they buy or like what kind of like tobacco products they buy. So every time this guy would come in, would grab a pack of peach white house. Because I think it was mostly like just that's what Chris's had was games. Uh, They didn't have Phillies or anything like that. But the fact that this because I can picture the shelf behind the, the cashier that had jars. It was like jars of like books and then like a couple packs next to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the fact that this pizza mm-hmm. place that when I tell you this pizza place was literally 20 feet off of campus, like actual like school building campus and it's not normal for yeah. a pizza place to sell plants. <laughs> but like I'm only realizing it now mm. how absurd it was. <laughs> this pizza place is like we should probably get this blood shelf. <laughs> and it worked. And they need it's like it um like, I remember it so was next... Oh, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um so where Zach used to live up at college, you could walk like two minutes in one direction and hit Chris's or walk no, two no, minutes in, a, in another Ringtown. direction you're, you're and hit Ringtown. Like, and I remember we... Like I said, my complex, you're walking like 30 seconds out of my complex. Yeah. But yeah, you had to walk like a minute 30 to get across the complex and then 30 seconds to get to Ringtown. Um... But I remember we used to. I feel like we we favored Ringtown more because Ringtown sold the cigarettes that me and Zach smoked. Me and Zach smoked uh, Marlboro Menthol, so you could go to Ringtown, get a slice of pizza, oh, and a pack of Marlboro Menthols, man, and a Red Bull. I'm con- like a big fucking- my heroin dragon <laughs> that I'm always chasing is Ringtown's Buffalo Chicken Fries. Oh, they great breakfast oh, sandwiches. They were good. Anyway, yeah. do the right thing. Where were? How do we get Oh, yeah. Do the right thing. The neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, because we were talking. I was. I was. I was. Yeah, I was talking about like it's funny to have pizza delivered from a place where the delivery man walks. But I. 
Speaking of Ocean City, New Jersey, every year we go to Ocean City, New Jersey. The first night we're down there, the, the day we get down there, we always order from uh, the big pizza place down there, Manco and Manco's. And we order we so the the house we stay at is like a block and a half off the boardwalk at Ninth Street. And the pizza place we order from is at Tenth and Boardwalk. So the pizza delivery guy literally walks our pizza to the house. So it's, I was I was kind of like, man, these people are lazy as shit ordering pizza and having it delivered when you could just walk down and get it. But I did that exact same thing. Um, I um I would honestly I would prefer to um I prefer to pick up the, the pick mm-hmm. up my order because it's always done quicker. Like I would when me and my wife live me and my wife lived in an apartment together. Um, for a little bit and we ordered from this one pizza place called in Ben Salem called the Valley and it was like a, a maybe a two minute drive from the apartment so I would always place an order for pickup and they were always like all right we'll see you in like 20 minutes we'll see you in like 15 20 minutes I was like all right cool if you order from if you order for delivery it's always like we'll see you in a half hour 45 minutes um which you know is standard yeah. for pizza yeah, delivery the, but like I'm you know doing what I'm, you're doing, I'm gonna Wait another couple of minutes. The pizza gets good. Uh, yeah. Um, the what I do what I do now is the the one the Chinese food place me and my wife order from. They only have they don't have delivery. They only have pickup. Um, so I'll it's in the same shopping center as a supermarket that sells beer. So generally, what I do is I'll order the food immediately, mm-hmm. leave, go pick up a six pack, and then get the food. And by the um, time I get there, the food's waiting for me. A so. couple quick uh, points I want to get to before we get into a bit of a, uh, uh, not even like a bit of a scene, but just I have a couple notes on one scene as opposed to just quick jumps. Uh, the the Hispanic people in the neighborhood with that one scene, I think we're it's when we're introduced them, where they're all opening the beer together. Uh, that's how I, whenever I'm opening a beer on the podcast, that's how I always yeah. picture you and me doing it. Uh, then we get into the fire yeah, hydrant. That's how we do it. Scene, like the, the, the what is the yes? First off, writing the point of yeah. What's the point of sharpening of, of of dulling the cans on the on the curb? First, is it maybe they're I don't know. Is it they're getting rid of um, the bottom of the can in general, or no? Could the yeah, because you, you have if, like what kind of can doesn't even look like to you. It's a, a taller can. It's not like a like a like a vegetable can or something, right? Because like I don't know. What think that about like, but I was whatever can it well. is. A um, normal can would have a you would open one end, right? But again, if you're opening two, if you, you yeah, just open yeah. both ends of a can, if you needed to use the can. I don't understand why they need to, sh- to basically grind down the can. And, and, yeah, and, like, and it's weird because when you watch him do it, um, they he, at one point the one guy stops like grinding the can on the curb and like runs his thumb over the edge to see if, like, I guess to see if it's still sharp. I guess maybe um, you need it to be I don't a certain shape. Why. To propel um, the water in a certain way, like if it was, 
Maybe, if you, maybe, maybe if like you took just like a, a can, be- like trying to throw okay? like a bevel on it, and you took off both ends of it, so that it's just a perfectly s- s- uh, cylinder with two open ends, and you put it onto a fire hydrant, the water would just continue through the fire hydrant, through the canopy, in the same direction, like you would go straight up. Well, if you right, yeah, it, so it, it would go whichever way you're pointing. If you the open shape it, tank, I guess you which could. They're pointing it like aim up. it more. You could like more uh, uh, determine Maybe. the direction of the stream. I guess is is so because I always pictured it for some reason. I always pictured it the the, way, the, the side Possibly. they were grinding down was the 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 side you put against. The hydrant, but it makes more sense if you're grinding the side. Ooh, yeah, maybe oh, maybe they're be. grinding it down to like so it fits better in that. the hole of the Because I because my my way of thinking I was I was talking about now yeah. was uh I had always thought that it, they would grind down the side of the way in the hydrant, but maybe they're grinding down the other side. And if you make a excuse me, if you make a certain shape, then you could direct it more. But yeah, maybe maybe it's it needs to be ground down to fit more into yeah. the hole. But I don't know. I have no idea. But then we get the uh... wait. I I have a couple. I have a couple notes about the fire hydrant um, scene. Um, I heard he picked up that girl <laughs> and brought her into the water. What if she had her cell phone in her pocket? Um, which is kind of like a thing now. I wonder if. Um, I wonder if, like, the younger... So, me and Zach are... I'm 30. Zach is 33. Um, I wonder if the younger generation... Um, like, I work... At work, I work with a couple guys who are, like, 19, 20 years old. Um, and I've made references that they look at me like I'm fucking insane. Like, they don't understand. I wonder if it's, like, become... Like in our in in mine and Zach's generation, I feel like it was a thing like the 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 funniest thing you could possibly do Never was throw funny. somebody into yeah, a it pool wasn't, while they were wearing their people clothes. thought it was funny. There it wasn't a life destroying thing that it could be now. But no, I never thought it was fucking funny. Yeah, but, yeah. That well, you know what you know what I mean. But like, I wonder. I wonder if the younger generation, well, like, you know, they, like me and Zach grew like, up, we like, you know, like we, we 12, grew up 13, we, we, like 10, 12, grew, 13, like that, yeah. that age. The funniest fucking thing was Jar Jar Binks from the Star Wars movies. That's a preview of my what are you watching? <laughs> um, but yeah, like. We, like me and Zach, um, you know, like me and Zach grew up. We didn't have it. We we didn't. What? Oh yeah. Uh, we we um we haven't had internet our entire lives, or we haven't had a cell phone our entire lives. Right. Um, the younger generation sure. has. So I'm curious if the younger the generation pool. has um. Yeah, like I wonder if they've completely like that's not even like a thing. I'm trying to think of that would cross their euphoria mind. Euphoria, if someone gets thrown um, into a pool, because of the bad kids, man. Those are the worst. The worst. I don't kids. think so. They if probably gonna... just did. Hit. <laughs> yeah. They probably. Did... 
They probably just did heroin. Hey, should we throw him into the pool or should we go do heroin? Uh, <laughs> I uh, probably do. Probably do fentanyl. Um, I have another. Um, mm-hmm. I have another question about the whole fire hydrant scene. If so, the street that Zach and I uh, grew up on. Um, the street that uh, not only the street that means that grew up on the street John Hannigan lives on. There's a fire hydrant um, on that street. Uh, is John yes, Hannigan? John Hannigan. He uh, plays Um Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's John Hannigan. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's a fire hydrant on our street. If I go down to the fire hydrant right now with a pipe wrench and open it up, would someone just show, like, I'm assuming no one called the police, like, saying, hey, there's a bunch of kids out in the street playing in the fire hydrant. Uh, I'm assuming they just showed up. They showed up just like, driving if I, through if the I neighborhood later, they go by the, somebody uh, uh, sweet, uh, Dick Willie and this is name Sweet Dick. So they're just driving the neighborhood. Yeah, but no, no, no. But the 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 but the cop who ends up pulling, who ends up choking oh, Radio well, Rahim, I, I'm he guessing has a specific wrench made for fire in the inner city. Do po- in do police carry that? Weather, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Now, um, now you put it that way, yeah, that does make sense. Uh, Frank Vincent makes a appearance. I forgot he was in this movie. Yeah, he's the guy driving wait, wait, the car. Are we still in the? Are we still in Frank the fire Vincent, the film, uh, Famously as oh, Billy Bass right. okay, yeah. and Goodfellas. It's also Casino, Sopranos. Just a mob mob movie guy. Uh, one of my favorite lines. My, my one of my favorite exchanges yeah, yeah. in the movie is when, when I really hope, the cop. I really hope that it's the note that I have. And the continue. cop's like, uh, "What, what do, you, do you know their names?" He goes, "I don't know, Mo and Joe." He goes, "What, what are the last name?" He goes, ah, I did Mo and Joe Black." He goes, "Oh," and the cop just goes, "Oh, so they're brothers." <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the exact. I just have Mo and Joe Black. Oh, their brother, sir. <laughs> it's such a it's strange because it sets up. I feel like uh, sure. right. Yeah, that's it's what I was gonna say. The cops are like, like really they cool don't with that set movie. it up like because the one cop who turns off the hydrant. Who is the cop that ends up choking Raheem? So maybe maybe we're supposed to. Infer that the cop that has taken the statement is uh, like more in like what's the word I'm thinking of uh, sensitive not 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 sensitive but like more understanding of the situation in the neighborhood and how the neighborhood works and and what's going on and the other one is more I guess for lack of a better term racist in in in, in his. Well, let's let's call let's let's call it as it is. Mm-hmm. The the cop who shuts off the fire hydrant is white, and the cop who delivers the oh, so their brothers. I read them both as white, Hispanic. Yes. No, actually, let me bring up um, uh, the 
the actor's name is Mag- Mag- oh, sorry Miguel Sandoval, and the 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 character's name is Officer Ponte, P O N T E. He's definitely I I, he, I think he's definitely supposed to be portrayed as a Hispanic officer, um, which I've, might lead to that, that like what you said he's more sensitive uh, to the cause. I've never been, you know, the cause of you know, staying cool visually determining race on, on people. I remember at one point early in my relationship with my wife, we watched this movie, not movie, uh, documentary series uh, on Discovery. That the gist, the gist of the series was making a people <laughs> who like are engaged to be married that come from a history where it would not be expected that they would be engaged to be married. Like if I remember quickly, uh, one of the other examples was uh, uh, a friend of somebody's mother or something. And like, like they met, like met and hit it off and ended up like getting engaged so it was like the mother's friend and the son of the, the, the woman. You know what I mean? But there was one couple that were best friends, like all through the high yeah. school and like into college and everything. And uh, she never showed any interest in him. He always kind of had like a, a hint of a, like a thing for her. And they ended up getting together. And I thought the entire show that this was like an Indian guy, an Indian and a white woman. And then I find out that he was Hispanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I don't know what Hispanic people look like in different parts of the world. So I, mean, I read this I'm, guy. I never read this guy as Hispanic. No, so this is actually um, news to me. So I say I have trouble de- uh, yeah. detecting race on people. Turns out I don't know what Hispanic people look like of any color. I'm I'm yeah. learning this about myself now, <laughs> and I will try to. Um, I'll try to change. I'll look at flashcards. I guess I don't know. I don't know what I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I. Hey, that's the only. That's, that's the I mean, only no way to do respect. It. I just thought, <laughs> thought this Hispanic um, guy was Indian. <laughs> so yeah, you, this is actually that makes a lot more sense in terms of I, um, the scene because I, like I said, I never read this this guy as Hispanic. I read this as two um, white cops in a in a predominantly black neighborhood. That's how I always read these two characters within this movie. Uh, um, even the white cop, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind very of like, like you know. Like if I have to come back person. out here, um, like this could, yeah. He, he's yeah, definitely like, don't, the make, more don't make me come out again. Of um, at the very least, yo, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just fucking look point. at the dude. Um, I have. God. No, he's just like he. I, if, me, I don't see proper color. When I was watching it, I'm like, that kind of looks like. Nah, a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, when I was watching, I'm like, that guy kind of looks like Kevin Nash. 
Um, he's Kevin Nash's little brother. Um, I have a note about uh, uh, Mookie delivers food to he delivers a chicken parm hero with extra cheese and extra. Well, my sauce initial thought was he's not going to eat that on the air. Samuel Jackson at the radio station. He does. Like we're gonna play. He dedicates no, some Tina. Not. Um, but oh yeah, and then he's like, "Well, I'm." Then, he then he says, "Well, I'm album enjoying this." Has. I was like, "Okay, good." He's not. No, um, I just like the fact that like Sal's like take this to the radio station, and then Mookie questions which we're like, he's like. <laughs> He's like, take us to the radio station. He's like, oh, 108? And he's like, yeah. Like, is how many other fucking radio stations are on your block? <laughs> like, why? Like, I mean, there's that, that's the whole thing, like, throughout the course of the movie is Mookie's always like, is this the right address? Is this the right address? Like, it's it just made me laugh. It's like, oh, you know, you know, you know which radio station? It's like, dude, motherfucker, there's a radio station on your block. Just quit being a dick. Um... We have a little scene between Radio Raheem and the battle. Spanish guys. Um, they have a little radio battle, a little boombox battle, and uh, Radio Raheem reigns supreme. Okay. Um, so I looked. I was curious. I looked up. I looked up what what the mm-hmm. I looked up the make and model of Radio Raheem's jukebox, and what I found was a Promax. Is it's called a Promax Super Jumbo. And my main concern right, carried, about this about is how much does it weigh? He's he's carrying it he's carrying it around the whole fucking day. Jeez, it's approximately twenty five pounds. So he's he's like he's carrying around like <laughs> oh, excuse me he's carrying yeah, around like a two year old the entire day. Um, not even, I mean, even less than a two-year-old, because my fucking, I have a two-year-old who's probably, like, in a, who's probably, like, upwards of, like, 30-something pounds. He's a fucking big kid. Um, my kids, are, my kids are always, my kids trend, um, higher on the, the growth charts than, like, they're, my kids are always off the scale. Like, they're always, like, higher than, like, 99 percentile, um. So he's a, he might be a bad judge, but um, yeah. So like you're it's you're carrying around after, like a baby. Is it the next day. scene where the um, guy uh, scuffs? Because I I love the idea. Oh, I yeah. love the idea I, of this sweaty ride, guy. Fuck you up quick! Two times. riding his bike through the city, and at the end of his bike ride, he goes, "All right, I'm almost home. Let me stop. I'll get a carton of orange juice." <laughs> I'll just drink that while I carry my bike home. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you do it, man. That's how. Uh, That's how the real biker, the real cyclists, do it. That's how. That's uh, how. What's his name? Uh, what's his name? Doesn't Lance it say Armstrong? a lot about? That's how Lance how, Armstrong won the Tour de France. Uh, not in the. Uh, scope of uh, general public knowledge, cyclists are that the only cyclist that anybody can name is the disgraced steroid using. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't even, like, if you need to name a cyclist, you can't yeah. name a good one. 
All you have. Yeah. Gun gun to your head, gun to my head, if I have to name a cyclist besides Lance Armstrong, I I could barely name him. I'm dead. That's that's what I'm saying. I could only remember Armstrong. I couldn't remember even remember his last his first name. Um uh I like the idea that um Oh wait, I skipped over one of my own notes. I like the idea that DeMayer sends um like a little kid yeah. to buy beer for him. Like why like you, he, they, everybody in this movie literally spends the entire movie. Turn around. I imagine what they do is they walk to the end of the street, stop, cross the street, and walk it's back the opposite NPCs way. NPCs from video um, games and they just, just go through that their, over and over again. Like so, why not just um, they're like programmed path, and then like like recycle. Yeah, like literally. The only reason why he he gets this kid to go buy him beer is to introduce the so he can introduce the kid that he rescues later on in the movie. Um, But then, like literally, the the next time you see the mayor, he's drinking a beer. So, like, maybe he's like thinking, "I don't want to go back to the Korean store." Um, but yeah. Um, but the next time you see Demare, he's drinking a beer. So that kid got him as his court of high life, uh, um, which is crazy. Lines, and I didn't even kid. like place it in the movie, but I had been quoting for years. Is uh, and I feel like anytime anyone says "fuck you" and something, like my mind immediately just goes to "fuck you." Fuck your fucking pizza. Um, <laughs> um but th- th- this leads us into the 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 racial like slur scene, and literally the only issue I had with this whole scene uh-huh. is I think it's the Hispanics that do the Korean slurs. Uh, but he mentions uh, so this is eighty nine. Believe so, right? yeah. Uh, he mentions the Seoul Olympics from eighty eight. Like he's like the Seoul Olympic having. I was like, why is that a slur? Why is that mentioned in, in like? <laughs> I, I, like it took me a second to realize. That's I all I like, got. Did he just say Seoul um, Olympics? <laughs> I'm curious. Um, I'm curious if the fact that the, the the Asian shop owner is Korean was done deliberately, um, because I remember I remember watching something, uh, watching like uh, it wasn't like a Dateline. It was it was it was something on like the History Channel, basically about the L.A. riots. What year was the L.A. riots? Yes. There oh, was, so, oh, so it was are, post. Are, okay. Are you talking about some reason when, I thought uh, it was around the this time. Shop owner shot post- a girl. That was a. That was a. No, uh, I just remember. A, I remember in, seeing. Um, I remember in, watching that area, Los Angeles area, where a young girl, uh, teenage girl, went into 
a Korean-owned like bodega, basically, uh, and was confronted about something. I, I don't remember all the facts about the yeah. the case. Uh, confronted about something by the Korean woman working behind the counter, and the girl walked away, and it was at that point that the Korean woman pulled out a gun and shot and killed Oh no, I wasn't referring to that at all. I was just referring to I remember watching something about the LA riots. Um and they were talking about there being a a, a very um uh a very high population of Korean people who, you know, Korean uh business owners in the area where the riots were taking place who were um yeah, who were taking up arms and defending their stores. I think um, it I think it I was and I was curious no, was, for some reason in my mind I think LA it was for earlier the same time. kind of the same kind of uh, uh, thing that's that's expressed later in the movie where the black crowd that destroys the pizzeria and then turns on and what ML says about like just the Koreans coming into their neighborhood and opening a business like I think it was that kind of thing where it was just yeah. we, we express our hate, like our anger, at like the white people of Los Angeles, and then it like spread like a Korean because uh, um, Los Angeles has a, a because it's it's the closest one of the closer proximity states to like East Asian countries has high Asian, uh, so like it, it was. More of just, uh, like yeah. it was the, the same kind of thing where the, the black community of Los Angeles was raging against the white community of Los Angeles and the white community at large, and also was turning their frustrations towards the uh, any perceived, uh, you know, perceived slights or or uh, taking of opportunities away from them that the the. Asian and Korean community also uh, could be guilty of. Yeah. So I, I think it's just like in this movie, it ends peacefully in that way towards yeah. that community, and just uh, uh, like the same kind of aggression was shown during the rest. It was, it was later. That was it was like because it was specifically yeah. like if you look at anybody who questions the verdict in the O.J. Simpson trial as possibly being a retaliatory verdict against, like, in in response to the, um, what, what was his name? The, the guy who, Rodney King. Because the LA riots stem from the Rodney King verdict. Uh, right, Rodney, Rodney King. So if, 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 if anybody points at, 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 at yeah. the... O.J. Simpson verdict potentially being a retaliatory verdict, it's in response to the more recent uh, Rodney King verdict, which happened only two to like two to three years before, like previously. So it was, yeah, it, it was after this movie, yeah. which, even, which even goes to show you how uh, for the reason in my head, Norman knows and how um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, I'm thinking of a lot of words tonight. I don't know if you know uh, how pertinent 
this movie was in 89. Yeah. Seeing what would come just a few short years after. Yeah. Um, I, uh, my, my next note that I have is about, um, before we get into this, can we get into the rings themselves? Uh, I know that it's just how the rings would have to be designed to go on all your fingers. It looks like his cove. But you don't like, like, you can see, like, the bars behind the letters. Hey guys, sorry, we took a little, tiny little cut there. Um, we were getting close to the point where we'd have to cut anyway, and Zach uh, was trying to pass off the baby. But before we um, left... Successfully. Which, yeah, which before we left, which was about 45 seconds for you guys, was uh, we were talking about the, the love-hate um, thing that um, Radio Rahim give, uh, says to Mookie. Um, Zach was saying how the... The way the ring is designed to go across your four fingers, there has to be the bars of the ring itself behind the lettering, so you can see the lettering. Um, it looks like it says "Coven Hate." Zach says, "Yeah." Um, I the line I just have was um, uh, he 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 he, pun- he punches forward with his left hand, which has the hate ring on it, and he says, "Hate." This is the hand that Kane iced his bro- that Kane used to ice mm-hmm. his brother or something like that. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, it reminded me. It reminded me very much. Uh, much of uh, uh, what is it? Ezekiel, whatever the fucking numbers is like. Uh, and you will know. You will, yeah, you will know. My name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just it. it that whole. Um, the whole speech reminded me very much of uh, um, Samuel Jackson's uh, uh, talk down uh, in Pulp Fiction. Um, I just have the note that, like, like we said a minute ago, like everybody's just walking um, mm-hmm. in this movie. Like, it's, it literally looks like they're just walking from end to end of the street. Um, like, it it almost seems like the only like there's a lot of yelling, "Get a job." throughout things so it's it's unclear how many of the people in this movie actually have a job yeah but, so that was but my it's question. a saturday right yeah yeah so my question was what like everybody's just around so what day is it apparently it's i didn't notice it there's a newspaper in in the beginning of the movie somewhere that says the date is august 5th 1989 which, when I googled it, it is in fact was in fact a Saturday. I, I um, believe I, I believe Samuel Jackson says it. Does he? In, in like in, in in his two minute DJ spiel in the beginning, like yeah, it's 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 a Saturday, which explains why there's a lot of people milling about. But literally, the only people in this entire neighborhood that are working that have work on a Saturday are Mookie, Sal, Pino, and Vito. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the only people that are working are people who are directly related to the radio station or people who are directly related mm-hmm. to Sal's famous pizzeria. Right. Um, it's after he meets with Radio Rahim that he goes to take a shower, yeah? Uh, yes, I believe so. Because I have two notes about that. The shot of Jade uh, 
through the back of the 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 fan after her exchange with Mookie mm-hmm. is quite possibly my favorite um uh shot like individual shot of the whole movie yeah. and we also see Jade take a shower earlier in the movie and it like it's hard to tell it's Jade at the time I f- I felt mm-hmm. and then Mookie takes a shower and it's it's hard to tell who's taking a shower because the shower is the darkest fucking shower yeah. that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it's super, super. There's a, You know what the issue is? It's not that it's the darkest shower. It's that there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of black light. So it, it, uh, not black light, backlight. So it seriously blacks out mm. um, the character in the foreground. It, it, it silhouettes the character. So it's definitely... It, it's... It's definitely a little bit difficult to see who the fuck's doing what. Um, um, uh, oh, I like the look. What? Good. No good. Uh, okay. I like the look that um, Mookie is like giving the exchange between Saul and Jade. Um, he just has this very like, "If you fuck my sister, I'm going to kill you" type look on your uh, on his face. Um, yeah. What's what's start starting at? Where are we? The scene where Jade comes into the pizza place. Oh, I have a couple of notes in between that. That's why I was confused. Oh, um, okay. You you missed the the batteries, I think. No, that's my next note. Is the batteries? Oh, I guess I guess the Jade scene does go over a couple, but like uh, as a reference to last week, uh, when I think, but I think the scene I'm remembering correctly because I just I just have the note Black Panther. But I believe the scene that I'm referencing is when Bugano is trying to get uh, the Martin Lawrence group, yeah, to to boycott cells, and they have a Black Panther comic, and one of them mentions that Black Panther eats pizza. Yeah, so was, like I, I believe the line is Black pa- Black Panther eat pizza, we eat pizza, boy. Um, <laughs> and then my next one is all of a sudden that we only see in this scene and then never again. And considering there's a shaved ice guy in the neighborhood, it, it seems mm. a little foolish. All of a sudden, Sal's has a snow cone window. I, um, I like the idea. I like the idea of that window. Yeah. But then like you have your shaved ice guy and I love the shaved ice concept. I'm just like, literally I, just walking around with a block of ice. One of my note, my note after. So I have a note that, about, um, the the look that Mookie's giving the whole conversation between Jade and Saul, and then I have the note about the batteries, and then my note right after that is I would probably take shaved ice over ice cream. Mm, probably, yeah, yeah. Um, so getting into it, first off, the d- batteries on the the boombox die like awfully sudden. Like, I feel yeah. like it'd be more like from what I remember, but then again, what I remember of like jukebox, not jukeboxes, like ster- like boomboxes. Like we 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 never had like that kind of boombox, but we had like you know a portable radio yeah. thing with a tape yeah. deck and everything. Uh, the my memories of it dying because of battery death uh, were evident through tape playing, not radio. Yeah, I, no. Well, he's he's playing a tape. Is he? Yeah, he's playing a tape. What? Where's the evidence that he's playing a tape? Because, um, because he, because when, when of the talking, backdrop. Good, good. 
when he's talking to um when he's talking to Buggin' Out, mm. and I think he's getting and Buggin' Out is getting him on board for the boycott of Sauls. Mm. Um, he 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 makes note of something. He's like, uh, he's like, don't you ever play the other? I, I I think he I think he says, don't you ever play any other tapes? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, um, and he says he's like, this is what I like. He's like, yeah. Well, don't you ever play anything else? And he's like, this is all I like, or something like mm. that. But he made, I think I think he makes note of him only playing that tape because the right. Public Enemy tape is the only tape he likes. Because I missed that, and and that make that mean it, again. This is another thing in this movie that that is very well smartly written, because just like in the beginning when Samuel Jackson mentions that he's like the like the the DJ that goes twelve hours, so like it's you don't have to question the rest of the movie. Uh, why he's on the air all day. Uh, mentioning that he plays the same tape over and over again, does, you don't have to worry about what's on his radio because the idea that's set up at the beginning is that this is the radio station that everyone listens to. Uh-huh. So then it would stand to reason that the guy that's carrying around a boombox would be playing the radio station. Yeah. So the fact that it's on, like they they wanted to put public enemy i guess 12 times in this movie like i guess it like again smartly read you 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 don't leave anything to i there's no in this uh, movie fight the power is uh scorsese shipping up to boston in the department no, it's 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 scorsese's uh what what uh what rolling stone song he pl- he plays um Fuck, not what's uh, uh, sympathy for the devil? He, he plays that in every movie. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, you don't have to worry about what's on Radio Raheem's. Like you, like there's very little. Most of this um, podcast, in general, as it's mm. been for the past forty something weeks, has been. Uh, nitpicking. There's very little to nitpick in this movie. He because he kind of closes his loops. Yeah, uh, and that that's one of them. And I I missed it, I guess. But if if you heard it, then you heard it, and I just missed it. Yeah, I feel like he he specifically mentions the fact that it's a, a tape. Um, but anyway, so we're we're familiar with, which actually then makes a. A, a a problem because uh, I can imagine the radio dying suddenly like that if the batteries die. But a tape, the, as the battery power dies, the tape will just start to spin slower. Yeah, I've had a uh, I, I've had a a, a a Walkman. That's right, yeah. uh, a Walkman that plays cassette tapes. It dying on me, and like the uh, when it starts to die, whatever you're listening to, the voice gets very like demonic. But um, which then goes to the batteries. Um, so from what I can gather, what price did you land on of 20D batteries costing you today? So I looked it up on Amazon, mm-hmm. and I just typed in D batteries, and it came in 12 packs. So you'd have to buy two 12 packs, which would cost you around like $30, $31. I found, uh, I don't know... Uh, I was a. I don't remember which reputable dealer it was, but I found ten packs. 
Oh, okay. Which car? I specifically, I specifically looked up Energizer because that's what he said in the movie. I don't remember what brand it was. So, t- to be fair, I'm, I should have gone Energizer, I guess. But uh, I found two 12-packs cost $28. They were about $13.99 a piece. All right, so right, still, still in that same price point that I, I found. Yeah. So, yes, so you're paying today $28 for 20D batteries, uh-huh. which as far as I have been able to, again, because it's not a very easy process, because the process online like streamlined is designed to do then to now, not now to then. Yeah. Uh, it would be about $12 and change back then. Mm. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, batteries are expensive as fuck. I just had to buy a pack of batteries the other day and I was like, God damn, there needs to be a better way. Rechargeable batteries. I will scavenge for batteries before. Like, because I have batteries all over for some reason. I mean, you have kids, you have toys, you have batteries all over. But yeah. uh, I'll scavenge for for batteries before I'll go buy batteries. Um, also, real quick after the scene, we see a Mister Softy truck. Yeah, um, they legit just made one design for Mister Softy trucks. They were just like, "This is just going to be it from here." Oh, it, on I mean, it's brand recognition. It's brand recognition. It was like walking out. Like I saw this movie. Like watching this movie that was made in 1989, and a Mr. Softy truck is coming down the street, and then I was immediately pictured the Mr. Softy truck outside of my high school in 2007, <laughs> and the Mr. Softy truck that comes outside my house in 2019. You know, it's literally just yeah. the same truck. Um, Jade's hat game is pretty solid. Yeah, she ain't fucking around, dude. It's like it's weird. Like, I um, uh, I I I didn't notice it at first when she was first wearing. I think I think it's the pink hat. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was, I didn't notice it at first. And then there's a side view. Um, I think it's when um after Mookie pulls her out of the restaurant and tells her to stop coming in. Um, you kind of see that's that's where I took my note. A, yeah, yeah. You see, like you see, like a side profile, and like the top of the, she doesn't have a top of the hat. No, it's basically it's like it's like a it's like a sun hat visor almost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me ask you oh, a question. I again, uh, my next notes about uh when Mookie goes to see Tina. Do you have anything before that? Um, no, because I feel like at a certain point I fell into There's, watching the yeah. movie and forgetting that I was supposed to be taking notes on. We're, we're probably a good like 45, 50 minutes from the end of the movie, and I have like like maybe like 10, 15, 10 12 notes from here on out. Like, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven notes left. Uh, um. Oh, I do have a note because uh, mother sister as is is uh, comes into play at one point in be- before we get to t- Tina's apartment. Could I just go? Could I just be like, uh, my name's Uncle Brother now? Exactly. Or or does that need, to be, does that need to be bestowed upon me? Like, can I just um, like it, was I, her name Marie? 
until someone like oh mother sister and then it just like went from there or kind of where did she just go i'm mother sister now and you're like marie what do you do mother sister mother sister um i feel like um any good nickname is bestowed right. upon you yeah. um so i want to go with bestowed upon what do you think is the what is Spike Lee saying or trying to convey with the double cut of the kiss between Mookie and Oh, Tia? I I don't know. Right? I thought I I thought I was fucking up. Like I thought like I was like oh shit, like, I've only had one beer. Uh, <laughs> um I, yeah, I thought I was I was um I was seeing things for a second until I realized it was intentional. I don't know I, what he's. I don't know either. And there. like, tweet us if you if you know the yeah. uh, filmmaking technique that he's trying to. Yeah, Spike Lee, if you hear this, um, let us know what you were getting at with the double cut of uh, them kissing. Um, uh, I don't have. A, I feel like I read something that she, like, borderline, and I don't want to, you know, speak of school. But borderline, uh, a me. There's a me too situation with this. Like she was uncomfortable. Yeah. So um, uh, the um, I actually read something about it in the IMDb trivia. Apparently, she. I think it said the reason why you don't see her face in the nudity scene crying, right? is because she was crying when it was going <laughs> Fuck. on. Um. Yeah, um, and she said like uh, she felt like pressured into it, but apparently since then um, has uh, has you know not you know cut, not come around to, but has um, she's done nudity in movies since mm. do the right thing. Um, so I think she um, like basically she was super uncomfortable. Was it- like when it, when it was happening, was but has, as it yeah, she she's has since, um, uh, you know, le- uh, been o- has been okay with uh, being dude in the film. Uh, <laughs> I have a note but, about um, how yeah, when he goes yeah, to get dude. the ice, you realize though that they have those old school ice trays, yeah, which is just basically like you put a metal thing. In a yeah, like those are those are pretty cool. Those are fucking rad, yeah. Um, <laughs> like in 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 terms of of uh, in terms of ice trays, those are pretty fucking rad. Uh, I have a note about how when Vito and Pino go in the 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 storeroom and like he like puts them in the headlock. At one point, I think uh, Vito uh, like makes a high pitched scream. <laughs> Does he? I think like something like that. Like he like he's oh he does. He he's talking about um how you can't trust. He's saying he's telling him not to trust right. Mookie because he'll he'll stab him in the back. I just like I just like picture Sal out there just like making a tiny pizza. <laughs> Sal's out there he's making like, a tiny pizza. Like, like what are they like about? what are they doing? In <laughs> um and then my next note is about how do you. How do you open back up for four slices? Don't you have to make like a whole new pizza? Yeah, it's, it's a little strange. And then my notes stop for a while because, uh, like, the, basically, I mean, two white kids from Northeast Philly, we don't really have. 
I've been I've been debating whether to bring this up because I I, I want to be I'm going to talk about these movies and and if you're if we're going to do a whole month on African American filmmakers, then it it would almost be insensitive to act like like the the things that they're saying aren't like things that need to be talked about. So yeah. like I'm, I'm like I'm like I I've gone back and forth since I watched the movie in in whether I want to bring this up and. You know what? I'm going to save it for the last thing because it kind of is an overall thing. So remind me about my question about Mookie. Yeah. So like, I'm going to bring it up, but I'll bring it up at the end. Um, so uh, post the whole, do you have any um, specific notes about the, the trashing of South? So, cause I, I don't have any notes in between them making, laying them in and, uh, the scene the next morning. So if you have any notes. Oh, I do. Um, I have a couple. Um, so I have, um, so uh, Bugging Out and Radio Rahim kind of team up and Smiley walks by. So Smiley gets brought along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene, it, the scene where they're arguing, like everybody's arguing in the pizza place and uh, Smiley is just like in the background, like backing up Radio Rahim and bugging mm. out. But like he's basically just doing so by like brandishing his marker in a threatening manner, mm. um, which I enjoy. Um, and then he esca- escalates the shit out of everything by fucking lighting that match. Um, I so I, the last my last note my that's not that's not my last note about the movie proper is um, the line uh, hope hope the block is still standing to which mother sister replies we're still standing um, I have a note about Mookie and I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's probably the same note that you have so go ahead with your note uh, is it a question what? Is my note my last note about my the Note about Mookie that I'm holding to the end is a overall question about his actions. My that's my note as well. So continue with yours. Right, well, I, like, did did Mookie? Because earlier in the movie we didn't talk about it. Uh, he's walking down the street and uh, Demare stops him and says, "Always do the right thing." Yeah. And now we're left with this question at the end. When Mookie of is the one Mookie did the right thing. Yeah. If Mookie's the one that starts basically the the violence against South Pizzeria, did yeah. Mookie do the right thing? And I so, I don't know good. You don't know that he did? I don't know that we're the ones that can decide that. Yeah. Um, I understand so from, both sides. Yeah, so from from stuff that I've read, um, apparently in the original draft of the script, um, Mookie and Saul are supposed to like reconcile um, post which they post do. riot. They kind of do, but they're it's it's um, even more so in the apparently in the original draft, 
where Saul goes so far as to say that Mookie did the right thing. Um, but um, so there, the apparently there's a debate amongst. Um, so so it, Zach had it, mentioned. Mookie, Mookie incites the riot. Mookie picks up the trash can and throws it through the window of Saul, inciting the the riot. Um, so the point is, um, does he is is him doing that um, the the right thing to do? And I've seen a debate that um, if, before, and before actually you get into, into like a, an academic or anything you've read. Let me let me tell you where I. Like the, how my where 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 you stand, I I and it's a a very similar um feeling you're left with at the end of American History X. Yeah, because there's there's ways to look at it both ways. So for Mookie to Mookie basically makes the decision to side with the community against these, what are essentially outsiders to the community. Yeah. But at the same time, they've been part of the community for 20 something years. And Mm -hmm. it, it makes you, it makes you question what Sal's true feelings are. Because if Sal really feels the way he feels when he's talking to Vito, or it's Vito, right? I, I always I, I got them confused. With old yeah, v- Vito, John Tutorial is Vito. He tells them that these people grew up on his food, and he's proud of that, and he feels a part of the community. But the way he acts in the scene where Bugging Out and Radio Raheem. Like the fact that he uses the N word seems yeah. to go against how he's tried to betray himself. So it makes me think. Thinking about it now, like I'm, I'm, I'm really breaking this down in real time. My my gut is telling me that Mookie, if Sal didn't use the N word in that confrontation. Mm-hmm. Mookie would not have done what he did. Mm, probably not. It, it's, Maybe it's not. In that moment, I, I believe that up until that point, because up until that point in the movie, Sal is portrayed as a part of the community, regardless of what color his skin is. He's helping to mayor he's given he's he's trying to smooth things over with smiley by giving him money for his his pictures he's he's serving the community for 20 something years children are are grown and raised on on sal's pizzeria he's part of the Mm. community it's at that point when he uses the the racial slur against the people of the community that mookie realizes that sells no matter how many how many years you've you've owned you're still an outsider you're not part of this community you're not um so it it becomes less of a question of if sal was really 
the the person he tried to portray the entire movie, then it becomes a more cloudy question when when um, Mookie sides with the community versus Sal because if Sal is really who he's trying to portray himself to be, then he is part of the community. So it's not Sal versus the community; it's the community versus the community. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Adam. What? Are you falling asleep on me? No, no, sorry. I was I I, I got distracted. I have a um, a space heater in front mm-hmm. of me and I'm kind of half playing with it, like half trying to figure out like what the best um angle is to um to to get the heat. Um so I I I, I kinda I stopped listening to you for a second. What was the last thing you the said? The point I'm, I was trying to make is uh if Sal was really the person he was trying to betray himself as throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. He would have would never no, he would have never he used wouldn't it. have used that slur. He would have been he would truly have been a part of their community, regardless of the color of his skin. So at the yeah. end of the movie when the question is, did Mookie be do the right thing by turning against Sal's and joining the members of his community against Sal's. If Sal was really the person he was, was pretending like was trying, like saying he was, then it wouldn't have been a question mm-hmm. of it. Is it Sal versus the community? It would have been Sal would have been a member of the community. Yeah. So it would have been, it wouldn't have been Sal's versus the community. It would have been the community versus the community, which yeah. in which case, Mookie throwing the window, the, the trash can through the window wouldn't have been the right thing. So it's uh, like I I can see both sides though, because now, now now listen to this one. Um, so the my note literally just says why does Mookie throw the trash can, and I have my own opinion. And then upon further research, apparently a lot of people have this opinion. And it sparked debate amongst this scene that uh, Spike Lee has talked about um, how how much he enjoys the debate amongst this scene. Um, so, um, and in the and I mentioned before the 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 uh, the original ending to it, um, I think Saul says to Mookie like you know you know, I don't blame you, you know, you had to do the right thing to, you know, to throw that, <clears throat> that, that quote in there one more time. Um, I read a note. I, my, my idea was um, Mookie was observing the situation and he threw the trash can through the window. So the aggression went towards to, the store instead of, so the the yeah so the aggression went toward so he was essentially in that act saving of of casting the first stone he he was directing the violence away from the person of Sal and Vito and Pino and, and, and towards um, the representation of them and exactly hmm. yeah so he so he was in he so he was doing the right thing in the sense that um. This I think this was like the note that I read on IMDb. Like he was doing the right thing in the sense that, like you know, he he just watched his his friend die um, unjustly, and um, 
he he was seeking revenge for that but in his revenge he's also saving these people who you know they talk a lot of shit to him but this he he was he's saving these people who essentially have like taken him under his wing as part of their mm. family i i that makes um and it makes the scene where they like the next morning scene make a lot more sense. So I, I have switched. I, I, I didn't know what my allegiance really was to begin with, but I, I, I can subscribe oh. to, to that theory. Cause it, it, it makes the, like the next morning where he goes and wants his money. Yeah. Cause, cause even, uh, aside from the fact that Sal would give him the money, it makes his, it makes it more uh, like uh, you can understand his, because if Mookie isn't throws the um, trash can through the window to uh-huh. fuck Sal over, basically to be like fuck you, Sal. And then yeah. the very next morning, first thing he does in the morning, and go and demands his money. <sighs> I mean, again, it, it, we're walking a thin line here because, like, it like depending on what the movie is saying. If he's saying that, like, if if he's saying he he threw the trash can to to so that people would destroy the store and not sell, and he even mentions the insurance is going to take care of it. Yeah. Then it makes him more of a likable character. But I, I, I'm I'm hesitant to say that if, if he did it to fuck over Sal and then go get his money because he worked those hours and he, he demands his money. That makes him like mm. I like I, I I at the risk of sounding like insensitive to a um a point, a racial point that I'm missing because I'm on the other side of it. It makes Mookie mm. less of a likable character uh. to me. But if it like, like if he's like literally just went fuck your store now give me my money. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But again, yeah. that could just be being completely insensitive to the point of the movie. Really, but I, yeah. I, I, I like the idea that because what because even they stand there the whole time watching. Yeah. So if, yeah, they, he, well, he, he, they they pull him across right, the yeah. street. They, the, yeah, they don't stand right there. But like the fact that they're left alone at that point speaks to the idea of the of Mookie turning the aggression of the crowd in towards the store and away from the people to to save the people and then feeling and that that makes it more of like yeah i i like that idea more than yeah as as the um um it's interesting uh i do have one note that how can hector just keep fucking sleeping while Rosie Perez Perez is perezing all over the place. And <laughs> yeah, she's just present. First fuck off, out of that scene. I'm guessing just because, like, uh, in, in that scenario, 
They live with the mother, right? Her mother. She li- uh-huh. Maybe Hector sleeps with the mother, and then just in terms of like it's the hottest day in New York in the year. Like, just put the kid in the mother's bed, maybe, and then like you sleep two and two instead of three and one, and the, the three are fucking. The kid is gonna get a heat stroke. Yeah, it, it always bugged me, like how, um, it's supposed to be like the hottest day of the year, but yet, I believe somebody is still under a blanket, and the fact that like, um, they're all basically just like laying on top of each other. It seems counterproductive. To I'll tell you one thing though, Adam. I'll I'll fucking I'll stick a leg out of a, a comforter. I'll, it could be 120 degrees outside. I'm still gonna sleep under a blanket. I need. It's more of a weight yeah. thing, I think. I um, than, than a than a heat and and comfort thing. Like, ow. It's not. Um. I. It could be. Uh. It could be 100 degrees outside. It could be like negative. Twenty. I always have a fan mm. on. In the is it a noise thing though? Um, it's. I think we it's a noise a, thing because I just um, like like a specific like white noise thing, like maker. We, yeah, I think I think the fan thing is just a, a noise thing for me because I, I just dad, say, doesn't it? Yeah, um, and I think it, it 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 it. I think it goes back to dad, and it also goes back like. I have a harder time getting to sleep in dead silence because when it's like dead silence, I I my mind just wanders exactly. to random shit and I end up like googling shit at three uh, o'clock in the morning. Just, but like if there's that little sound, I can concentrate on it. Just a little asleep. bit of context: uh, our dad was in the navy, and the story goes, um, because I, I don't know about you, but I'm. I've never, I, I don't doubt anything, but I don't know what's real or not about uh, dad's military career. Uh, he uh, was on a submarine and they slept near the engine room. Is this the story you know? I've never heard oh, this before. You ever. don't know the origin of the fan? No. The story I heard was they, he was on a submarine in the Navy and slept in hammocks near the engine room. So you would hear the hum of the engine. And through his service, he got used to that. So when he got out of the the service, he couldn't sleep without like that kind of like humming. And he like through his experimentation to find something, he landed on box fans, gave a a oh. comparable yeah, sound. which is why. Huh. But to the to this day, like uh, we we uh, I think my kids, my babies, even who sleep in the room with us, are are now conditioned. Like they know it's bedtime. We there's a the um, there's a box fan. My 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 two sons share a room, and there's a, a box fan in the room that literally we plug it in and turn it on, and it never gets mm. shut off. It just runs like twenty four seven three six five. Well, uh, before I, I started dating my wife and started spending nights with her, I was more of a. Even when I was a little kid, like you know, like like twelve, I would listen to talk sports radio. 
to go mm. to sleep. So I became accustomed to listening to people talk while I went to sleep. So then as I got older, it became podcasts and stand-up comedy. I would throw yeah. something like that on and like put a sleep timer on it. And then once I got uh, together with my wife, she would sleep with nothing. And it became a huge adjustment until um, uh, I, I would... I would sleep better in the summer because we'd have air conditioning. Yeah, AC yeah. running and fan. Yeah. And then once she started working at night, we got this thing, a noise maker basically, so that when she was sleeping during the day, we could put it near the door and it would block out the sound coming from people, you know, living their day life uh, yeah. when we were at my mother in law's house. And now it's just become like a thing. Like you go into bed, you you click the thing on, and even even because yeah. I'm, I'm I snore a bit, and it bothers my wife. So some nights, if especially if she has something going on the next morning, and I I know she needs to get a good night's sleep, I'll just sleep on the couch just to let her get her sleep. I need something, so I yeah. put on my kitchen is right next to my living room. I'll put on the hood fan. Over oh, okay. the stove hood fan, just just so I have that. And again, it's it's a thing if if I can't drown out my it, it's. I think it's a it might be a mental illness. Like that you're like uh, I can't. I need to drown out my thoughts with something. Yeah, that's what I, I, that's what it kind of boils down to for me as well. Like I'll like I said, if. If I'm just sitting there in silence, I I'll just I'll I'll me the one time I literally like my we didn't have the fan on, I ended up googling um like what you can and can't bring as your carry on <laughs> on a, on a plane, and I found out that like I I learned what I I fell into a rabbit hole of learning what swingless golf clubs are, um and like it's it's like that's the kind of shit that I do if I. If I don't have a noise to concentrate on right. when I'm going to sleep, uh, um, but I, I like the—I have a couple notes. I like the. Um, I thought it was a good, good call by him to end on the two competing quotes because it feeds oh, into yeah. the. the yeah, idea I'll of, say that's, those the, are the my question um, of whether he did the right are, thing or not. Yeah, the, the, say my last my last three notes um, are, are involving um, the post film. Um, so the first note, is, the first quote, I should say, is from um, Martin Luther King Jr. And I don't have the I don't have the full quote, um, but I have the line. I don't have the full quote for both of them, but I have the two lines that stick out the most to me in each of the quotes. Um, the, the line from the Martin Luther King Jr. quote that sticks out to me the most is, the old law of eye for an eye leaves everybody right. blind. Um, and the, the line that sticks out to me from the Malcolm X quote is, I'm not against violence and self-defense. I don't even call it violence when it's self-defense. I call it mm-hmm. intelligence. Um, which, like you said, they're kind of conflicting they're, they're, views. Martin Luther King Jr. They're opposite quotes, basically. Yeah, yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. is saying um, violence is never the answer. Violence only leads to more violence and destruction. And um, Malcolm X is essentially saying um, 
not only is violence warranted when met with violence, but you're stupid to not meet violence with violence. Um, which are two very interesting. Yeah, it's like you said, it's very, um, very interesting to end with those two quotes because then it, it like it does question um, was you know the, the and the the title of the movie "Do the Right Thing" comes from a Malcolm X quote, which I believe the quote is literally just "Always do the right thing." Um, so that that the 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 representation of both of those quotes make you um, really question. Um, if if it was the right thing, um, yeah, I'm sure you've read this in your trivia. Because you read the you read mm-hmm. more into trivia and stuff like that than I do in between viewing and talking about it. Uh, did you see who saw this movie on their first date? Oh yeah, so apparently, um, according to Barack Obama, uh, this was. Barack Obama and Michelle Obama saw Do the Right Thing on their first date. Um, and it was a toss-up between uh, seeing Do the Right Thing or Driving <laughs> Miss Daisy, apparently. Um, uh, the last note I have uh, about the movie is um, uh, the movie before the quedi- the credits. The what? credits roll. Mowage is why we are here. <laughs> um, before the credits roll, um, we get the uh, in uh, we get the we get the the screen of I believe it says it's in honor of the members of the families of these people um, and it's the people um, after Radio Rahim is killed um, the people in the crowd say these mm-hmm. people's names um, but the names are Eleanor Bumpers Michael Griffin. Arthur Miller, Edmund Perry, Yvonne Smallwood, and Michael Stewart. Um, uh, these six people, a um, couple of which actually, um, one of which directly led to the inspiration of the film, um, all, they all kind of suffered uh, similar fates as Radio Rahim. Um, uh, one of them, I believe, was uh, shot by police. One of them was um, str- one of them was strangled by police, as Radio Rahim was. Um, I know specifically um, the Yvonne Smallwood. She was in uh, she was in jail, and she was um, uh, not not released from jail but sent to a hospital for uh, existing pre-existing or uh, some sort of, I believe she had a blood clot, Um, but she died um, and they, and uh, again, this is just very, um, very quick research that I did. I didn't dive too much into them because as I said, I just finished the movie very shortly. I I finished the, the movie a couple hours ago. So I didn't have um, a whole but a lot of time to dig into, but um, she was basically in the hospital while in, uh, in prison and um, died, and they uh, accused the uh, healthcare workers of basically not providing up to par care because she was a um, a, a, a black inmate. Um, but um, the so yeah these. 
these six people all suffered um, similar fates to Radio Rahim, which is why um, they their names are mentioned in the movie, and then why the why the film itself is dedicated to the families of these people. Um, but Zach, hopefully, on a a brighter note, um, aside from do the right thing, what do you? What are you uh, this I want to run through real quick. I watched. I have four different things this week, actually. Uh, I watched a lot this week. Uh, but they all are interesting in different ways. And I just want to do a real quick run through. Uh, I watched, uh, me and my wife watched Crime Scene, The Vanishing of the Cecil, Cecil Hotel, which is a new Netflix true crime four-part documentary about Elisa Lamb. If, uh, are you familiar, Adam? Not, Lisa Lamb, if you've all. ever seen a uh, 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 what do they call a closer, not a closer, like a surveillance camera of a girl acting strangely in a ho- in a elevator, who then disappeared and, and they found her in a water tank. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, the, really it's good. a four part documentary about this case. It is interesting in the sense that it is a almost uh, a challenge and uh, 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 head-on uh, uh, opposition of the concept of uh, internet sleuth and the, mm-hmm. the the concept of people who because it goes into how it is very clearly when you look at all the details of the case it's very cut and dry what happened uh, but it's become a thing because of internet conspiracy theorists and internet sleuths who think like oh no it can't be that simple it must be she didn't just stop taking her bipolar medication, climb into a water tank, drown, and and die. It must be the LAPD is covering it up and somebody killed her. And so yeah. it that that was one thing. But like it's 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 an interesting doc is a four part documentary series because it's talking about a specific case, but also talking about an interesting mm-hmm. history of a hotel. But also, again, is an indoctrination of of internet sleuthing. Uh, yeah. I, I rewatched, which I had forgotten about completely, until I saw it on Pluto TV. Mm. Uh, the People versus George Lucas, which is a documentary uh, prior to George Lucas selling Star Wars to Disney, while he was still. It was. It's a documentary that comes. Before the sequels. Oh, that's right. You mentioned Jar Jar yeah. Binks. Mark. What the um, fuck is he talking a, about? Like, did Zach watch? It's Phantom a documentary <laughs> that gets dives into very interesting ideas in terms of who. And again, I try to explain this to my wife, and I feel like she kept thinking about the financial ownership of something. When I'm talking about the mm-hmm. the uh, uh, artistic and social and cultural ownership of something, it, it dives into who owns a piece of art after a artist 
gives it to the people? Is mm -hmm. it the owner? Is it the artist or the people? Because it gets into yeah. what is owed by an artist to the people in regards to the works of art that they they put out there. Because it gets mm -hmm. very deep into the connection that people had to the original Star Wars trilogy and what is owed to them by George Lucas because of that. Which is very interesting. Because okay. you cannot find a officially released original, maybe now in the, in the time since this documentary, but at the time of this documentary, you could not go and watch the original cut of the 1977 star Wars, a new hope because yeah, it wasn't even a new, it was, but you could not go see that like in a legally and publicly released version because George Lucas. Yeah. And, and our, it's, it's, it's funny to watch this because our, our initial um, introduction to the Star Wars trilogy was the special edition yeah. in the late nineties. So mm. we've, I would, I would almost guarantee you and I have never seen the original cut of the Star Wars films. No, I've never seen the original cut. I've only seen like YouTube videos of how the original mm. cut differs from the special editions. But I've never seen the original cut right. all the way through. So, and, and it gets even further into that in when, when they, they start talking to the children, like, like 10, 11, 12-year-old children of the Star mm. Wars fans of the 70s that they've talked to throughout the the documentary and they love the prequels it's like like it's all star wars to mm -hmm. them all six movies are it's all yeah. star wars jar jar binks is just as much star wars as obi-wan kenobi is it's just as much as r2d2 is you know what i mean it's a very interesting yeah. take on it. like 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 it's it, it i like it because it's an interesting backdrop for the conversation about who owns art once it's put out there um i also yeah. watched iron man 3 which was the next movie oh, okay. in my um chronological watching of the marvel movies which was an interesting take on a superhero movie because it's the lesser of the you know what i movies. thought it was better than two Really, I enjoyed two. two. I, you know what? I think what it boils down to is I like two because Sam Rockwell makes three me laugh. is interesting because and uh, I want to give credit to the Screen Rant pinch meeting video that I watched about it for making me realize it. Uh, uh, three is an interesting idea. It's what happens if a like a, a person in Tony Stark's position. He's just a normal guy. I mean, normal in the sense of yeah, like he's not a like superhuman. He's, yeah. he's not like Thor or Captain America. He's a just a general a guy. Very 
potentially like he basically goes through, traumatic he, he incident, basically goes yeah. to war. So basically you watch a yeah. an entire movie of of a person dealing with post traumatic stress disorder. And it's very yeah. interesting. It was fine. I I I I you know I I don't really I'm still struggling to connect to Marvel superheroes because I've always felt more of a connection with DC superheroes. So I'm still struggling to like, like Thor. I like, I don't like, I'm not like, I don't have a connection with Thor. I, I'm, I texted you after we watched Thor, the dark world, like my family uh, that I can't connect with Loki because Loki literally just doesn't die for no reason. They never really even, try too hard to explain why Loki didn't die when Loki evidently died. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um like uh, I like it, it, I I didn't I, I enjoyed Iron Man 3. I mean it does Shane Black directed and wrote it. Shane Black is is very famous for action. Yeah. Um yeah. Which is strange cuz it feels like the third one is a strange one to give to Shane Black. You know what I mean? Like the second one should have been the the Shane Black one, but John Favreau. Anyway, and then um, just um, I'm, I'm curious if as if you've seen this because it would go down. Uh, it, it goes down uh, the line of what would be played in your house. Um, today I watched a whole bunch of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Crustacea or whatever, how you Yeah, um, I I haven't watched. Yeah, my my son, my middle son loves dinosaurs. Um, we actually just redid. Um, we they're they're my two sons share a room that was Monsters mm-hmm. Inc. themed, and we just redid the room as dinosaur themed. Um. I've watched the. I watched it uh, when it first came out. I haven't watched. The, I don't think he's watched uh, the new season. It's, at it's, least not with me. Uh, again, in, uh, going along with my theme of things I've watched that are interesting. It's interesting because it could have been a completely separate story um, mm-hmm. from any of the the movie narratives, but it takes place directly prior directly during and directly after the events of Jurassic world to the point where there are subtle things that are not huge plot points, just subtle like radio transmissions that like characters over here, there are references to uh, events in the movie. And um, it, it took enough risks um, where spoiler in, in case this is something you care about. There's a character played by the, the the kid who plays Adam Goldberg on the Goldbergs. Ben, I think uh, Ben is is the character name. And he's the the uh, um, cowardly kid, like the the. Uh, uh, they make it seem like he dies at one point, oh, which that's rad. First of all, to even make it like leave it out in the open. That a character might like a child because these are chi- children; they're teenagers. The, the characters in that show that he yeah. could die 
is brave enough for this type of show. I mean, he, for the record, not dead. Uh, but <laughs> the fact that they would even make you think that, I, I just sitting there looking at my phone while my son is sitting watching Jurassic Park show, had to Google. It's like, is this kid really dead? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's very well done. It's an interesting. Like they could have, they could have literally done anything with the 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 Jurassic Park, idea, like concept. Uh, they yeah. could have had it just like because Jurassic World in the movie Jurassic World has already been going for several years. They could have just mm. put them in the middle of the timeline, and and made sort of yeah. the fact that they made it so that it coincides. And uh, like, there's stakes and stuff for this. I I I I thought of it as a bit of a uh, more of a high stakes, very uh, centralized magic school bus. Yeah, I kind of got that um, too. Yeah, hey, what are you watching? Um, like I said earlier, I kind of. Uh, really, all all I've been watching that wasn't for the podcast is The Sopranos. Um, I fell into a, I, I mean, I sound like a rabbit hole, but it's just like I, 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 you know, it's 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 a good series. Like it definitely it definitely lives up to the hype that everybody put on it. It's definitely a good show. Um, and so what what little time I have to dedicate to something that's not you know like watching something for the podcast um leisure watching if you will um i i've been dedicating to the sopranos i i said this like i haven't even watched um wandavision so we won't be having I, any just, WandaVision like, just talk quick wandavision week. talk because we did talk about it before the air and it, it goes back to the last episode i'm the dope mm-hmm. that didn't realize the significance of evan peters playing uh, new P- Pietro because yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of it comes down to I don't really know who Evan Peters is a bunch you know what I mean like I know he's a person I know he did Halsey yeah he did did he there was rumors maybe when when she got pregnant that he was she's pregnant by her. yeah Baby but Daddy. uh like Evan Peters isn't greatly on my radar, and it didn't like really, um, like when it comes down to it, Evan Peters playing Pietro in this show is borderline the equivalent of the rumors that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. Like it's it's that level of of significance to the universe of of the MCU, um. But it, it, it bums me out that we can't do a, a deep dive into Wandavision this week. But we'll do it. That's right. Next week, next yeah. week we'll do a double um, a double deep dive. Oh, excuse me. Oh, uh, how far are you in the Sopranos? Uh, I'm towards the end of season four. What is uh, the big, um, uh, what was the last big, like, what, if I asked you, what was the big last touch tone moment for you? 
Um, the dude from uh, the dude from New York, Jen- Jimmy John Sachs, Sachs, Johnny Sachs, Johnny Sachs. Um, Johnny Sachs had to have tried to have Ralphie killed because Ralphie made a fat joke about Johnny Sachs' wife, and then simultaneously they were trying to have Johnny Sachs killed because he was kind of like they were like he's a loose cannon. And then um, Johnny Sachs ends up not going on the trip he was going to be killed on, but uh, Ralphie is on the trip that he's going to get killed on, so I haven't seen uh, if Ralphie gets killed yet. I know eventually that um, Ralphie dies. Um, I don't know if it's at this moment, though. So oh, I, I'm I just realized, curious. because I was looking at my what are you watching and thinking about the various... Um, uh, services that these things are available. We met. We forgot to mention. We had talked about it before the show. We want to make it. A point. Oh I mean, yeah, we really. We, we want to make it. It really a, doesn't uh, matter now. But if you're looking to yeah. rewatch, do the right thing. Uh, to get uh anything we were talking about, uh, it's available on Showtime. Uh, the Showtime Anywhere app. Yeah. Uh, those are the. I mean, if you have those services, those are the services that are available. Of there also are various nefarious services you can. But uh, we want to make it a point from here on out to uh, give everybody a, an idea of where they can watch what we're watching, so we can all watch it together. You yeah. know. Yeah, that's what this is all about. Uh, what are we watching next week, um, Adam? As as we continue our celebration of Black uh, History Month. Um, so we'll give you guys. I'll give you guys a little bit of inside baseball. Um, next week we were going to cover the movie Creed, uh, starring Michael B. Jordan, um, and then we realized that Creed is directed by the same guy that directed Black Panther, and we the whole us recognizing um, you know Black History Month the way we are is to celebrate diversity amongst. Uh, filmmakers and it's kind of not keeping with that spirit if we cover a movie that's direct two movies that's directed by the same guy um so instead of covering creed uh next week we're going to be covering the f gary gray uh modern classic which Friday. works out in terms of uh genre wise because uh without giving away what our last week will be we will now cover a a uh, superhero movie, a drama this week, a comedy next week, and a different genre the week after. Whereas if we had covered Creed next week, it would have been a uh, uh, superhero drama drama other. So this, yeah. So this way, this way, it makes it a little bit more diverse in terms of um, the genres of. Yeah. So. Uh, Join us next week. I'm probably going to talk a lot about uh, uh, Tiny Lister. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of <laughs> my history with him. Uh, yeah. But uh, join us next week for Friday. Maybe we'll even uh, record it on a Friday. Just be authentic. <laughs> no. Because I uh, work Fridays. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, um, I think um, I think this movie um, definitely rings true 
what Zach and I always sign off with. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, be safe, be healthy, and be kind to one thing. another. Um, I think, and, and do the right, and always do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's something we could definitely take away from this: is everyone just needs to be fucking nice to everybody. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see everybody next week for Friday. Yeah, hopefully, you know, a little bit more, a few more laughs than we had, and just more yeah. of a, a serious toned movie. So hopefully, a few more next laughs week, next week. But next week's movie we'll see is Chris next- Tucker. How can we not have more laughs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll see everybody next week. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Summer Movie Clue, Summer Movie CLU, and then the number one. Um, drop us a line. Let us know which movie you like better, Creed or Black Panther. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, we'll see everybody next week for Friday. Zach, uh, you got anything Have else? Have a good night, guys. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>